I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Wakanda forever! And welcome back, Internet, to another episode of Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in the multiverse, Power Bar for All Nerds, where we discuss everything in the MCU from the perspective of people of color. And you are here, tuned in, watching and listening along with your favorite host versus myself, Tatiana King, a.k.a. the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the coldest winter soldier ever and Baptist America. Also joined by my lovely spectacled co-host. Thank you very much. It's your boy DJ Ben Amin, aka Off-White Panther, the Power Toker, John Walk It Out. <laughs> a pimp named Sam Wilson. Yo, a pimp named Snap Wilson. Yes, 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 yes. AKA the one. Yes. We here. We are back. Thank you, everyone, who has been tuning in and who has been fiending for new episodes of Views from the 616. We appreciate you. We enjoy you. We enjoy your company. Thank you to everyone who's in the chat right now, twitch.tv slash for all nerds. We see you. We are in the chat with you going off. Yes, we're pointing all to it there. And <laughs> we are back to talk everything episode four. The whole world is watching. Very poignant title. Very poignant things that have gone down this episode. Lots to talk about, lots to discuss and dissect per usual. And for the even though this series has violence and things like that, we've never really given any trigger warnings, but I feel like this episode deserves it because there's a few scenes of brutal death, including black death, which um, I of a very particular character who I, I know I've clowned, but mm. I have some words to say about him. To the contrary, and I, I will explain it when we get there. But I did genuinely wanted to mention that, you know, slight trigger warning this episode. That said, we're going to get right into the theme of the episode. Nice. As noted, the episode title is called The Whole World is Watching. And that's actually a very specific term, a very specific phrase to use. Um, I, at least for the last six, seven years or so, I've attended lots of Black Lives Matter marches mm -hmm. and uh, demonstrations and protests and all sorts of things. Um, and, and, for, and also different causes too. But I, throughout most of these demonstrations, I've heard that chant and, you know, and engaged in that chant as well, the whole world is watching. And I'm sure that there, there's been other occasions this chant has come on, but one of the earliest, uh, if not the first mention of this chant is um it was a phrase chanted by the anti-vietnam war demonstrators mm. where while they were being beaten and arrested by police in chicago uh during the 1968 democratic national convention mm. and i mean there's many different layers to it but the main reason is that again as i mentioned these when this happened back in 1968 these demonstrators were they were they were they were they were anti-vietnam war and you know they were doing things like sit-ins and things like that so you can say they were sitting there potentially peacefully demonstrating and they were just being beaten and arrested mm. by the cops. And the fact that it's completely televised, showing that the whole world is watching this stuff. Um, if you think about protests, particularly protests from uh, the peaceful protests that are done by the people, by, by, by grassroots effort, when you think of things like in Tiananmen Square, 
where that's completely filmed and people see this stuff happening. And it has mm-hmm. absolute different effects when, when people see the, the, the chaos and the violence and all the negative things that come along with it. And also it begs the question to the, whether it's the oppressor or whatever title you want to give them, are you still going to do this knowing that the world is watching? Uh, yes, because as we see, you know, from 1968, you know, that was in 1968. And to this day, you know, police still beating people whenever they feel like it, doing whatever they want. And on camera. People, and on camera. And people are still chanting. King. It was, you know, 20 years ago now, 1930, uh, you know, I lose track uh, a lot of years ago. And, you know, people still doing the same things to this day, still arguing in court. To this day, over things that should be obvious when it was done on camera, and if it was done to a white person, it the result would be completely different. And I feel like that chant is both a warning and a promise mm. because it's just like you know we're still going to stand our ground as a people doing this demonstration, and because mm-hmm. while the world is watching what you're doing, they're also watching us. And the idea is hope if you from from one side, the idea is. The world will see what's happening to us and potentially band behind us. Um, we will potentially get additional support. And also, the world's going to be seeing how you treat us and how you do us. Mm. And sure, there, there's going to be some countries will be like, you know, keep going with that bullshit. But there's going to be some countries that are like, yo, that shit is wrong. Yes. America is one of those countries that's going to be like, keep going with that bullshit. Yo, yo, yo. And to take a little bit more than chanting. And in this episode, that's what happens. We see John Walker, Great Value Cap, beating Carly's ally to death in Town Square in Latvia in front of everyone and in front of the whole world. Because as we see, the crowd that forms takes out their phones and is recording the the situation. So all it takes is those few seconds, especially if someone was live, it takes a few seconds to go wide and go worldwide and that now literally the whole world is watching it. So people could essentially be watching this in real time, who knows where in the world. And that the implications of everyone seeing like a mascot of America, as as Sarah calls him, how a mascot of America moves and how um, how his representative of America, whether or not you could, whether or not someone feels, oh, he is rep- America, he's representative of America's ideals, especially in that moment. And you see what he's doing. He's he's steam over he's steamrolling over someone who's essentially defenseless at that point. Uh, and the there's just massive societal and political implications by this happening and this happening on film. Mm-hmm. Now, but there's also you know there's two sides to every story, every coin, and that's I think a lot of the big things about this episode is the two sides of every coin, right? We see this video going out to people. First of all, let's talk about the crowd's reaction. We see some people in the crowd being horrified by this action. Right. We see, but still filming. You and know, no one's see- stopping it. Now, now, again, you can sit there and argue, well, how the hell is someone supposed to stop this, this juiced up, not that they know that he's juiced <laughs> up, but this juiced up guy with a shield of yes. all things. Like, for you know, they just know that he's just... He, whether they know that he's Captain America or something else, he's something else. He's this foreign entity that's there causing chaos mm-hmm. and violence. What do you do as a bystander? 
He recorded because this man just jumped out of the window and threw the shield into this dude's back, you know, with precision and aim. And then you don't know work. who the dude is. You don't know what he's about. And by the dude, I mean Carly's ally. Uh, his is... name is Nico. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know. What was? Yeah, was. Ah. Rest in peace, brother. Um. But once again, back to John <laughs> and what he's doing in this thing and the reaction of the crowd. Some people are horrified. I saw one woman who I was like, damn, is she laughing? You know, is she kind of like horror laugh? You know, I'm not sure what that, you know, reaction Maybe it was, was. Nervous laughter. Nervous like, laughter. Oh. But what the reaction will be on the internet is a whole nother thing, right? Yes, some people yes. are going to be horrified. Some people are going to be charged up. You know, some people are going to find this as, yes, John, that's exactly what you should have done to mm -hmm. this terrorist who was responsible for blowing up this building that had, um, you know, what, three people died? Ten oh, people three injured? people out of, uh, uh, yeah, 11 or 10, like, a double mm -hmm. digits of injuries, three deaths, yeah. and one of them being uh, a father of two. literally of two who literally just got on the job. Yeah, two weeks ago. My man had no political things. He just trying to feed his family, you know, goes to work. Now what's his family going to do? You've now created two people just like, all the other, you know, refugees that you were trying to help throughout this series so far, you've created two more just right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also believe that this scene, that particular that town square scene, was also meant to evoke what we see mm -hmm. when it comes to the extrajudicial killings of people in the street by police, mm -hmm. uh, by, by white supremacists, by people who are tools of the state that operate under the umbrella of white terrorism. Yep. And the fact that when they do these actions of killing black and brown people and women in the streets, you know, and, and, and being allowed to do it and that it gets filmed. And that's, you know, especially as we saw in 2020, how, I mean, even though this is obviously, as you mentioned earlier, this has been going on. It's just mm -hmm. that in the age of social media, it's much more hyped up in terms of focus. You actually see these and it's nonstop. And that's yes. also why I mentioned about the, the trigger warning of black death. Like that's one thing I don't want to keep seeing in life, but especially in, in entertainment, like I would rather not. However, I, I see the point that was trying to be made here. Mm -hmm. And also it's parallel to this, this title of the whole world is watching. And, and, and it's similar to what you also said, Ben, about, you know, how different people react, how the internet reacts, because how does this recording, will that change how people think about people in power structures or about life? Does this, will they do something about it to the, to the, to the contrary or otherwise, you know, does it, for some people, does it reaffirm what they feel about America or about themselves or about brutality? Um, does, does this stir even any positive change? What or do these recordings do? But see, positive and negative, that, you know, that's very relevant, right? Especially sure. in this situation. Because to certain people, this is a positive act. Captain mm. America stopped a terrorist. Mm. Like, okay, I've seen a lot of people so far. Uh, there was one video where really they broke down something about how this is the time that the shield has been used as an offensive weapon, right? Where, you know, a piece of American property was used as a weapon to kill someone. And I'm like, what's a gun then? You what's know, what, Steve Rogers then? What's Steve Rogers then when, <laughs> when like, as, as I said on the earlier episode of this, reviews from the 616, I said that Steve Rogers is juiced up and he goes around kicking people, hitting people, knocking people off of the helicarrier. Mm -hmm. He kicks my, another man into the turbine of that, um, or the yeah. Quinjet. But, but when he's doing that to Nazis, that's fine by me. 
it's fine. Okay, but what is the what are the flat smashers, right? And we're gonna get into this more in this episode. But the flat smashers have just, as we've seen, done blown up people. They are hoarding. Man, I mean, I don't know if I should just get into it now, right? But they're hoarding the super soldier serum for themselves. Mm-hmm. Carly, this is something that I was talking about. We were talking about the coin, right? And the two sides of the same coin. To me, mm-hmm. and we'll definitely, I'll have to explain all this, but Carly and John are basically two sides of the same coin. Basically, okay. they're on the same side of that coin. I, I don't even know how the analogy works, but they are, the, they're, fl- you know, Flip versions of each other, mirror versions. We were talking about mirror images in an earlier episode, but they are definitely mirror images of themselves, right? Both of them want to do good, but they go about it the wrong way. And both of them are trying to live up to impossible ideals that they cannot live up to. Both of them grew up in this world of superheroes and supervillains, larger than life themes, and now they're trying to live up to that and make changes in this world that have been affected by that. Carly is trying to affect the world that was changed by a man who snapped his fingers and half of the universe vanished. And she's trying to deal with the ramifications of that being a young woman what of whatever age she is, right? Mm-hmm. John is a man who grew up idolizing Captain America. You know, all he saw his whole life pretty much was this, I mean... Larger than life figure who has been a part of the American consciousness for over 80 years at this time, right? Mm. And a part of the American military system for over 80 years has been constantly been used as propaganda, probably even before they got him back. And then when they got him back, what? I mean, Mm. imagine that. Imagine John F. Kennedy comes back to life. Boop. I'm bad, bitches. You know what I mean? Better than ever. What's good, y'all? You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Ah, we got it. We good. You know what I mean? America would go insane. Right? Just imagine that. So that's what happens. They get back Captain America. So this kid is growing up trying to be like that. Mm. You know, just trying to be like this dude. You know? He's not that dude. No one is. That's the first thing, right? Steve is the man who jumped on the grenade. He's always like, he's ready to fight bullies. I can do this all day. Nobody, I mean, not nobody, but a lot of people aren't like that. A lot you of know? people ain't about that life. Yeah, and but they still want to be good people. Right. You know, but they're just not like that. But Steve <laughs> all, you know. Not like that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like that's me. Like, I want to be a good person. I mean, I got my ass kicked by bullies all day when I was a kid. So, you know, I guess it was, you know, and like my friends will tell you, I was ready to throw down no matter what was going on. So, I guess I was ready, you know, like that. But I also ain't jumping on no grenade, you know, but Steve was. But point being, John still wants to do good. You know, he's not a perfect person. He's a perfect soldier. You know, Steve is more of a perfect person. He was never a soldier. John is a perfect soldier. And he's been okay. trained to be a soldier and a killer. That's I, what soldiers I'll, I'll, are done. That's I what soldiers do. That. Yeah. All right. That's what soldiers do. That's what we want to gloss over. You know, soldiers kill. Right. And so John killing this terrorist, one, is going to be seen as a good thing by a large majority of America. Two, like I say, he's just trying to do good. Now, that's the wrong way to go about it. But to me, at the same time, you know, like when you shoot someone versus you hit them with the shield, I get it. It's more brutal to us, but it, the result is the same. Okay. I, I see what you're saying about the result is the same. But yeah. also, the thing mm-hmm. about it is with a gun, it could potentially be a one-hitter quitter. With the killing someone with a shield, you have to be intentionally 
going hitting them over and over again till they die. No, like, he was a super soldier. It. Man, if, if he wasn't a super soldier, it would have been done. Just like when Cap used to kick normal people and it was a rap speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. Well, that's like, what happened. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about him later, but that's what happened to Lamar. He got I, one hitter quitter. Yeah, I mean, now, what the, what I've seen people claiming is that Cap wasn't always killing people, etc., which can be. But in the very first Avengers movies, one of my first, I mean, one of my most hilarious moments is sitting in the theater and this man kicks this dude, and he goes flying off the helicarrier to his doom. You know, like they're in the middle of the air, and dude was like, ah, as he flies away. Oh, man, I cried laughing. Yeah. And then in the later when he kicks another dude into a turbine. Like, that's how he gets down. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. It was a little more brutal. You know, it, a lot. First time, I mean, like. sitting there pounding on someone He was a tough shield. man. He had to do it. I mean, this, you know, the. It was like pounding on Cap. You know, you think Cap was doing down? No, you know. But, but, you know. Some, but he, the guy was already down. That's my point. You know, when they said he's already dead, <laughs> he's already dead, basically, and you're still going. Well, I mean, you know, he was a little worked up. A lot of things oh that God. happened. Th- that's you know? my point. So, so your, your emotions take over. You can't control <laughs> yourself. Like, I'm that's... Not... No. no, and... And that bad day reference is pretty terrible because I'm not making any excuses for, you know, any evil white people out here, as we know. And He had a uh, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? No, no. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh, the other one. The other one that had a bad day, yeah. All of them. No. That's always the excuse. Never. And that's know? what I'm saying, like, especially as Ca- Captain Confederate is, is, is showing me, like, oh, well, he had a bad day. And that's how they're going to steamroll that away. Like, that's how they're going to be like, oh, oh yes. well, you know, he was just doing his job. This is not the end of John Walker in the MCU. And nor would it be a, a, the end of John Walker in a realistic, in the world we live in right now. This is true. Because, like I said, he took out a terrorist. Some people would say whatever action it took. He took out a superpowered terrorist at that, right? I mean, the American government could even spell it like, yo, this man ain't got powers. He had to, you know, bash this dude till he was down. Right. For someone who didn't know the background of Flag Master and what, they, what their supposed cause was, like, and didn't necessarily, whether they agree with them or not, if they were painted as a terrorist, that's how people are going to approach it. All right. Now, that that's something. I know we, I mean, we, we don't, we're not really talking, you know, plot straight through, so we're not jumping around, but. That's another thing, right? The ideals, that's how I talk about uh, both of them go about it the wrong way. What Carly is trying to do is change the world, right? She wants the world for everyone. She wants one world where everybody helps each other out. But that world is never going to be achieved through violence. Ever. You know, mm-hmm. violence is only going to beget more violence. This it's is a true. endless circle. And not only that, Carly is a hoarder. Carly is the same thing that the other people have been warning people about. She's a power broker. She wants all the power for herself, just like the power broker does. You know, what makes her better? She says in this episode, I'm chosen. You know? She does. My mans who gets himself killed, not gets himself killed, who gets murdered by Cap, says that um, Cap, you know, this. he tries to say Carly is, this is what, you know, she's the new Cap. He's like, mm-hmm. I never thought there'd be another Steve Rogers till I saw you. But... This woman is not Steve. She's the bullies that Steve fights. Even mm. though she's trying to do the right thing, in the end, that's not what she is. And my man predicts his own demise right there when he's like, yo, we need a cap who can get his hands dirty. We need mm. a cap who ain't afraid to do the, you know, what it takes. Well, this is a cap who ain't afraid to do what it takes, and you got what's coming. You know, and my man was like, yo, I'm a big fan of cap. Like, are you now? 
Well, since we're speaking about Carly. Wow. Her part of things. Hey, man, you said what you said. (laughs) But speaking about her, her part of things, like what she has done, particularly the bombing of the GRC depot, that's also something that the whole world saw, the whole world watched. Because mm. as we see on that news report, when when her and her uh, super soldier allies are all gathered around together, they're listening to this news report. And obviously, the the the, the bombing that happened had negative effects for her overall cause, but it mm-hmm. also potentially increased her support around the mm-hmm. world. Because, like, just like what we said with John, his actions caught on camera will have untold increase in support. Yep. You know, like like and, and particularly with Carly, like people who believe in Flag Smashers ideals. Also, to people who they don't care about ideals, they just, you know, for example, they don't like America, right? Like when they see things of like like when they see someone with the colors of America, the 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 symbolism of America, killing someone in the street, they're gonna be like, see the brutes. You see how they do. So my thing is these things that people, when the whole world is watching, depending on the action, it can be taken one way or another. It could also improve. It can also, sorry. Uh, um, support and you know negatively and um um positively. So mm-hmm. I also think that John's actions may have actually helped Carly's cause more because maybe potentially than anything she could have done because people as they call them displaced people, they already feel like they they're being oppressed and all this stuff. Now you got this guy coming in who wrecking shop and 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 is going after the one group or the one symbol that you believe is fighting for you. Mm. Now that's why I think in some ways this is going to increase support for Carly. The fact that what John did was on, you know, was was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, the whole America the brute theme, the idea of imperialism, the flag smashers are all about no borders, no flags, all this other stuff. So you have someone who's the complete antithesis of that. And also, John's actions may galvanize people who believe that the smack smashers, flag smashers, were wrong in their actions. Well, John ain't the, you know. Antithesis of that. John believes in no borders too. John's like, yo, you know, this Michael when, when he walked up in Latvia and was doing oh, work. Oh, he said I have jurisdiction. Okay. <laughs> no, but he, you know what I'm saying. He does not have the same ideals of the Flash. But He's America I, through and through. Mm-mm, but that's what I'm also saying. The Flash Smashers have the same ideals as America through and through as well. The Flash Smashers believe that the power is whatever they decide it should be. You know, whatever. That's the problem. They're not giving sure, things to the power, people. about power, but about borders and all this other stuff. Like, America that's is about all, that. That's I, that's what I'm talking about. I keep pointing this out. All this shit is couched in cute shit. You know what I mean? It's always cute shit. America p- couches its imperialism under the idea of democracy. Mm-hmm. You know? We're always fighting for democracy. There's this video going on right now. Or, uh, our vice president, you know, said the war is coming up. will be fought over water. Like the last wars were fought over oil. And everyone's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought you meant the wars were fought over democracy before. Mm-hmm. But they just straight up saying it now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's the cute stuff. That's what I'm saying. And the cute stuff is what the Flash Masters were saying. That's what they think in their head, too. Oh, we're doing this, you know, to help people. Oh, we want open borders. We want it like bad before. If the world is going to go back before, it's going to go that way with or without your help. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just also from a literal perspective of one side versus another, America, mm-hmm. i.e. John, is on one side and Flag Smashers are on another. And that's what I mean when I say their actions will galvanize different people for different reasons. Yes. They're, I mean, but they're on the... But they're like, I, I, there's people who will sit 
for example, there's people mm-hmm. who will sit behind John because he's going yes. after, as you say, these terrorists, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. there's people, and, and there's people who will see what John did in the square and be like, fuck yeah, I'm about that life. Yes. Then there's people who will see what John did in the square and be like, fuck that, I'm with mm-hmm. the flag smashers. Yep. And that's the point I'm trying to be like, I hear what you're saying, yes. Yeah. In, in reality, at the end of the day, it's about power. Absolutely. But when it comes to taking sides, mm-hmm. they are two different sides. At least oh, yeah. that's what people feel. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, but in the end, they're basically the same side, just different views. And that's what Sam is, explains to her. But I do have a question for you. Yes. How, how does it hit having a white man kill another white man <laughs> who's the other white man? You know, both of them are terrorists at this point, basically. <laughs> two terrorists killing, you know, one terrorist, killing, terrorist on terrorist crime, mm-hmm. you know, as an analog to the police killings of unarmed black right. men. Well, it doesn't hit the same. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I wasn't even looking at, at it as two white guys. Like, I saw it as this nigga John that I don't like. <laughs> Wailing on, I mean, yes, and yes, at this point, they're both super soldiers. But to me, okay, that means y'all are both on equal footing. And now this guy is already on the ground. He's done. And you still going after him. So I have a problem with that. So as far as white versus white, I don't really care. White And white violence 2021. 20, but like. It's, I didn't feel like, like an emotional way about it because they were white. I felt an emotional way about it because of what John has been doing and what we know of him thus far and his, his the choices he's making because he's made some choices. Serious ones and made a lot more in this episode. Uh, I love when you call him this nigga John because it reminds me of the black Justin Bieber episode of Atlanta <laughs> when black Justin Bieber is like, pass me the ball, nigga, pass me the ball. <laughs> Nigger, pass me the ball, you know. (laughs) When he finally goes to the hard R, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's John right there. John would be like, "You're about to start. You're pass me the ball, nigga." Oh, you know, and then Nick, you know, he 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 would put the R on it. Yeah, and and by when I mentioned before Carly's actions of the bombing having negative effects, because what we see happen is the GRC puts into place the Patch Act. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially they they are fast tracking everything. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, let's do this quicker. So yeah. let's get the borders <laughs> back up quicker. Let's let's do the exact opposite of what the flag smashers want faster. But, so that so it's anything it, it, it's fucking up her timeline because she's thinking she has this time and and GRC's like, nope, we're gonna make it happen now. Man, they looked so hurt when they got that news. <laughs> yeah, they were like, damn, son, we ain't know that was gonna happen. And I was saying like. Like I think you wrote it a few times in your notes, but you were like, "What was their plan, or what is the plan?" Because Man, it's what? like, did you think that that could be like, for example, I, it's clear that nobody but Carly knew that the depot was going to get bombed. Yep. And then, so which means she didn't share this information with her peoples. Mm-mm. And if she didn't share this information with her peoples, did she think about the consequences? Like besides, yes, killing and all this other, and yes, how pe- people may feel, how it may look. Who cares? Okay, all right. But the implications that the GRC may retaliate in this way. Like, mm-hmm. this is not necessarily, at least outwardly, it's not outwardly violent retaliation. But it, it's it's violent for them, for the Flag Smashers, right? Because now the GRC is doing more of what they don't want. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to come up with a name for this. We have our other theory of killmongering, right? And yes. I have this other idea that I've been pushing since uh, Wayward Hayward on WandaVision. That if Wayward Hayward was played by uh, my man, why do I, Jonathan Majors, mm-hmm. you know, or John David Washington, <laughs> the reaction to him would be completely different, right? 
And that's what I keep saying. I would think he's a grimy nigga then. You would think he was a grimy nigga, but you'd be like, damn, that nigga look good while he doing this grimy shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) It makes a difference because because this is what I'm getting into, right? Carly and her Benetton ad crew, right? You got, you got, you know, all the different races, all of them looking sexy as fuck. You know, all of them looking <laughs> straight. I will all admit, of them, all of them the, look good. Down the line. Even Bidman looking good. You know what I mean? They even got sexy Bidman for you. You know, like they got everybody. <laughs> sexy Bidman took an L this one though, boy. Bucky put it. So that casting man. was intentional for them to look like models. Yes, you know. Especially, like Gap models. Like, like Benetton Gap, you know, all like. One world, all like you know, ambiguously. This, you know, everything. You know, what are they? You know, oh, they're so cool. You know, but these are terrorists. They blew up a building. Like you know, wait, 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 wait. Would you still have called them terrorists if if she didn't blow up the building? Yes, because the because (laughs) the blowing of the building is just what happens, right? That's just like the um a symptom of the disease. The disease is them. Their problem is. They are running around following their charismatic leader who gives these great speeches, who looks cute while doing it. Her pippy long song looking ass is over here, you know, making these speeches and inspiring people all the while doing the same actions that like Zemo points out are what, are what leads to supremacy. You know, all the actions. That's why I say John and her are the same people. You know, if John's a supremacist, so is Carly and the Flag Smashers and all the McGilsey, even Asian boy looking good. You know, he ain't know about the ballman. Sure, you know, he Desmond. got the Desmond. <laughs> That's his right De- Desmond came with his cheekbones over here. He ain't know about the ballman. But <laughs> I ain't then he has bone it's, structure. I'm just, okay. you know, impressed. You know, I'm like, all right, bro, you know, you got that. But at the same time, but you also got us this L because your ass decided to stick with this woman instead of running to the cops, running to somebody, or just running up out of there. You know what I mean? Before this all goes down or after it goes down. Because now you're just as guilty. You're an accomplice. You know what I mean? You're an accessory, mm. you know, in the legal sense. So that's what I mean. It's like because they look good, we forgive them, you know? And because they give these speeches and they're charismatic and stuff. And they're not John who's like, even though, you know, John himself is, you know, attractive dude and all that. John, but John is not attractive. He's a fucking goon. Come on, man. John is He's Kurt not. Russell I, and, no, and what's no. her name's daughter. This man is, I don't a, care you know. daughter, a father, or sister, or brother. He is. That man is, no. He's no, he's be- no. Uh, why? Because his acting and is I'm so sorry, good. And I'm sorry. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about the actual yeah, person. That's, the actor. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the character. That's he because is no Steve acting. Rogers. That's because his acting is so good. Because if the same actor was playing the role of Steve Rogers, we would all love him. Because he's a great actor. That's that is what is he's so amazing. Actor. He's yeah. so good. He is a good actor. Oh and my that's god! Fine. But let's forget the person. I'm not talking about the person, the actor. I'm talking about yeah. the character. That yeah. man is no Steve Rogers. No, nope. not. And neither is Carly. That's my point. Neither of them are. That is my exact point. But we forgive Carly because she got the Benetton ad crew, while John got you know I, his negro listen, with the whack hairline. I what you're referring to is called pretty privilege. And that and it's <laughs> real. It's a it real is. thing. Facts. Pretty privilege where it's yeah. like you know, just because you're you're better looking that you can get mm-hmm. away with more, which is absolutely yep. true. However, at least for me, yes, his cheekbones are amazing. That's not the point. Like <laughs> I agree like so the ideals of what they're saying, I agree with. The way that they're going about it is what's questionable. And the ideals of what John is saying I'm, no, what John's saying to me is just dead ass wrong. I don't fuck with that nigga, period. But it, but see, we fuck with Steve Rogers, and he's saying the same thing Steve Rogers was saying. 
I'll murk out terrorists. You know, Steve <laughs> Rogers said the same shit. He just didn't, he just didn't go about it the same way. He was, you know, amazing. He was great. He was almost one of a kind. Almost. Well, I don't Because I've really good. seen people miss this in reviews, the whole Zemo line when he's talking about Sam, you know, and about Steve. And when he's like, yo, there's no one else like Steve Rogers. And the camera cuts to Sam with Bucky in the background and shade and focuses on Sam. And throughout this episode, Sam says and does all the things where he should be he does Captain the things America. That Steve would have probably did. Yes. How Steve would have went about things and why Thank Steve you. chose him. Yes. Even though he ain't uh, asked for all this responsibility. You know, why Steve, Steve could have done him. a better job of doing Even this though Steve, I told y'all Steve could have <laughs> given him the winning the winning mega millions and we would have been no yeah, just like, something, but you know. Along with the shield, here's this, fam. You know what I mean? Take them both. Some, but you, you know. earned this. Yeah. All right. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot more about some of the, the themes that we've have already discussed. But the next one we have to talk about is the quote from Nico. Mm-hmm. Or is, uh, and, and he's having when he's having a conversation with Carly at the grave of his his grandfather, I believe it was. Yes. Who was a resistance fighter. Um, he fought Nazis and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he said uh, when they was he was talking about how he used to love Captain America, Steve Rogers, Captain America. And he mentions today's heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. Uh, back then, it, it was just good and bad, but the world is more complicated now. And he believes that what they're doing, what the Flag Smashers are doing, will outlive the legacy of the shield. It does. His blood on that shield will definitely outlive the legacy of it. Ben, you are so disrespectful. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, like, until they throw that shit into the fires of Mordor, people remember that. <laughs> you ain't going to be able to wash that off. Folks. My thing is, <laughs> as of now anyway, until something greater happens, people are going to see this blood, as you say, this blood on the shield, literally blood on the shield that has now been recorded. And once it's, on, once it's recorded on the internet, it's there forever. I got another prediction that that scene where uh, Falcon is throwing, Sam is throwing the shield around and it's getting stuck in the trees and Bucky comes up and they shake hands and do the Predator uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) handshake. I I feel like that should be one of the last scenes we see in this thing. Like, I I know it's like one of the first things we see in the previews, but I think that's going to be one of the last things we ever see is Sam actually with the shield because in the next two episodes, I don't see... How in the hell we can ever get to that scene unless it's one of the last things. Which also, I got to say... Or, or was it an actual scene from the show and, and just, just an extra scene that they just stitched into the trailer? True. Could be that. You know how Marvel do. Yeah. Same time, I got to say, if this man end up with the shield now, now the black man get it. Word, like, fam, like, this shit got... Oh, oh, we fucked this shit up. <laughs> you you want to hold it real quick? Like, like Thank you, I got not this one, Dan Marino, because I'm going to fuck this whole car up. Like, no, yeah. Oh, damn. We yeah. that up royally. Let me, <laughs> let me let you try it. <laughs> now everybody hates everything I stand for. Thank yeah, you. Remember that video? On, ooh, yeah. It didn't right. go so well that time, but, you know, here you yeah. go. But this theme of today's heroes, they don't have luxury of keeping their hands clean, as you, as you mentioned about if, if you believe John to be a hero, in fact, he can't keep his hands clean. He did things dirty the way he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Even going before that, Sam and Bucky, they didn't keep their hands clean. Even before this, 
when you think about back in Civil War, when the Avengers split up and they were on opposing viewpoints, what happened and what happened, like Sam keeps reiterating how they was on the run and they were breaking laws, they were breaking accords, they were doing this, they were doing that, they were stealing equipment from the government, all sorts of stuff before their greater cause. And you see it now in here in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam and Bucky, as they broke Zemo out of jail, who knows how many laws they broke on that shit. Uh, just to get access and info regarding the Flag Smashers. Now, you could say the ends justify the means, and that's what Bucky tries to argue with the Dora Milaje. But Dora Milaje was like, nah, bro, he got to go down. Like, he got to go. Mm-hmm. On that same note, right, there's a really brilliant comic book uh, called Squadron Supreme by the, from the 80s, where it's Marvel's, the Squadron Supreme is Marvel's version of the Justice League. Basically, there's analogs for every classic member of the Justice League. And in the it's a limited series, and in the beginning of it, they get they've overcome this villain who took over the world, right? And everything's effed off. It's just like how Thanos, you know, left everything. Everything's effed off. So they're like, damn, we can't just keep fighting villains. Let's do something and help the world out. So they help the world out and basically take over the world. And in the end, it ends with some of the other heroes splitting off and having to, you know, beat them up, and and in the big fight where a bunch of people get killed because. No matter what your good intentions are, when you start doing, you know, that's why they say that the road to hell is paved with these good intentions. Because mm-hmm. no matter what you try and start out to do, you live long enough to be the hero or you die, you know, or what is it? You, you die a hero or you live long, long enough, enough to see to yourself see become, become the villain. villain. Because you've got good intentions, but that power corrupts, you know what I mean? With great power comes great responsibility. That's why people always be like, yo, why doesn't... Uh, Peter Parker just you you know use his intelligence and stuff or use his power to get rich you know like he tried to do in the beginning because that's what he learns because you can't just do that because you have this power you know that makes you a villain and that's what you know that's why I keep saying both Carly and Cap are yeah they're trying to do good but in the end nah, you know well, they're both well, Carly, villains. Carly's ally Nico he compares her to. Or, or calls her Captain America, but you you made the point earlier. Maybe you need to reiterate that how yeah. he wasn't ref- necessarily referring to Steve, even though he was talking about Steve like a moment prior. Um, you know, he 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 likens her to Captain America. He says you should be that new Captain America because you represent X Y Z ideals, and and also about the ha- the fact of keeping their hands you know hard to keep their hand clean. She's contemplating and, and con- with her concern about creating more super soldiers. Mm-hmm. And as we hear from Zemo, who is making a lot of sense, he's like, well, when you do that, you put yourself in the position of like you're creating gods who have more power than the next person. And they end up going down this path of supremacy. Yep. And that's what I was saying is that he's calling for a Captain America like the one who ends his life. He's calling mm. for that. He's saying this you're the new cap. But he, like I said, he already knows what this woman is down to do. You know, that's what she's already down to do. Something Steve Rogers would never do. But he's like, nah, we need this type of dude now. Well, you got this type of dude. You know what I mean? And here we are. And just that aspect of being a hero and and all of the, like, as he said, the luxury of, of, of having to get your, or having to get your hands dirty, rather. There's so many inherent complications that come with, the choosing of sides and, and understanding like why you choose sides and, and the motivations behind it. I mentioned about the Avengers split off during Civil War. When Carly called Sarah, Sam's sister, 
and said who she was. And Sarah was like, oh, you're that terrorist group or you're, you know, you're part of the terrorist group. And Carly retorted, well, revolutionaries, depending on whose side you're on. And this, and I think this goes back to the conversation that you and I keep having, Ben, I mean, about how you, you have some choice words for how you feel about Carly. And I'm just like, well, I, I understand her. And she, and she is doing things that are wild, but is it for a greater cause? And it's, but it's also questionable. Um, but you, you actually had a, <laughs> you called her a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to understand why you feel that way. Well, one, I, I like what you were saying here with that conversation between Sarah and Carly, right? Yeah. The, um, where Sarah says that you're the terrorist group and Carly retorts revolutionaries depend on who, which side you're on, right? Yeah. Um, which is also the famous quote is, history is written by the winners. This is true. You know? And, you know, whoever history wins, that's who the revolutionary is and the other person is the terrorist. But I call Carly a strumbag just like I call most of the characters in the Marvel Universe various levels of strumbaggery. <laughs> And that's why I really appreciate the TV shows so far because they've really, to a point, done a very good job of painting everything in the areas of gray. Yes. Right? Instead of just making things black and white. It's lots of gray. Lots of gray. It also is helped by pretty privilege, as you say, and great acting and great writing where it's not just killmongering these characters and having them just do horrible acts, even though we see... John do horrible acts. In this episode, it's very much in character for what he's done before. You know, it just does not, like, the some of the things Killmonger does in the first Black Panther are like, okay, what? Oh, he's super evil, I guess, you know? Like, I didn't, I didn't expect all that, but okay. You know? <laughs> like, all right, sure, you know, why not? <laughs> While this is more like, yeah, okay, I feel him, you know? Like, his man just gets murdered in front of him. You know, and then he goes off and, you know, does what he has to do to stop a terrorist. Like, it's grimy, but it's understandable in this sense. So, that's what, you know, I really like. But, yes, Carly's done a lot of strumbaggish things. I I think that people, like I said, are just ignoring her because she, you know, looks a certain way and her crew looks a certain way. She blew up a building. You know, she killed dudes that... That she didn't have to... That she didn't have to to in the end has no point. She is hoarding the Jews for herself. She says, I wish we had, you know, more soldiers to fight. More soldiers, you know, so she could be the general. So she can have an army. What do armies do? You know, like, that's what I mean. It's the same coin. It's just a small America at this point. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it now. Of course it doesn't. That's what America started off as. A bunch of dudes were like, yo, we are tired of this oppression over here. We're broke. They're rich. Why do we got to deal with it? You know? And then they come over here and be like, well, fuck it. Now we're rich. Okay, y'all deal with it. And then, you know, eventually it does the cycle again. Like communism usually, I mean, the idea of communism is supposed to be that once capitalism reaches a certain stage, the people will enact a revolution and, you know, overthrow the ruling class and then institute the government. That's why the Black Panthers always said, we're going to give power back to the people and then you decide what to do. What Mm. Carly and her crew are doing is not that. What Carly and her crew is doing is storing the power for themselves. They're not being like, yo, let's get the dude, the scientist, and make superpowers for everyone. 
It's like, nah, this is ours. This is mine's now. You know? Well, it's not and like then, they can because your boy Zemo cut that. He but that. they could have. That could have been their plan from the jump instead of blowing to up buildings. To kidnap Nagel. Yeah. You know, but they had other plans. You know, they wanted to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> you know? like, I don't want to get cancer. Um, I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say okay. <laughs> Next theme. For those who don't understand that, Next. Google the reference. I just yeah, want to look turn. At that. Just, look, for, yeah. look for that panel. Google, I just want to turn people into dinosaurs. It'll come right up. Marvel. And Spider-Man, right? Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yes. And Sauron I, is, the, is the dinosaur man's name. Like Lord of the Rings. That's our second Lord of the Rings. Sauron, yeah, 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 yeah. And the next theme is actually what I feel as I'm thinking about it is this conversation that is being repeated and threaded through every episode of The Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier. And that is the shield and what it represents. We keep, as you see, we keep having these constant conversations about a shield, but they're not literally talking about in some respects, you can say someone's talking about the the vibranium shield, but they're not talking about the, the 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 actual physical material of it, but rather its symbolism, rather its power, or what it it conveys, depending on who's holding it, depending on what, how it's being used. And everyone, everyone has, as you said, there's lots of of shades of gray in this show because everyone has a different opinion of what it means. Carly, her thoughts, she says it's a monument to a bygone era and that it should be destroyed. She represents the future. She represents a completely different ideal. She represents the opposite of what GRC doing, which is trying to get things to go back to the way they were. They're like, no, we want things to be different. Uh, we want things to be, they want further freedoms. It's my turn. Still, still, it's my turn. That's, that's Carly. It's my turn. Listen, I... <laughs> You now you're infantilizing her. Like I, I don't know, bro. Like, but I, but that's the thing. She got infantile ideas. Like what would she over here running from one man with a gun? What is like? <laughs> like she was running one man with a gun, and she is. Oh, let me hide behind the stop, table. Because <laughs> clearly the guns still hurt. They're not. I know. So what? So what is your plan, fam? She don't listen. Dog, War Machine coming there, it's a wrap, you know? Sure, but also you can argue they were ambushed. It's not like she, again, she No, what I mean is War Machine coming there at any moment, it's a wrap. Oh, yeah, it's a wrap. One Avenger, But that would also be an ambush. One? No, I I mean, any moment. I mean, they set him up, (laughs) and it's a wrap. (laughs) You say if they're no and they're ready, okay. I mean, they could catch my man asleep, dog. He pushes the button, the armor flies to him. Wrap. I think when it comes to <laughs> Sam, his feelings of the shield are are evolving in different yeah. ways. Because early episodes, earlier episodes, he he says as much as he like after he sees the government give it to Captain Confederate, he's like, "Yo, I should have just destroyed the shield. I shouldn't have given it given it to them." And he's saying it because he doesn't want to see that legacy tarnished. He doesn't want to see. And also, you I think it, it, you got to understand like. He had it, and then he gave it to them thinking it's just going to be propped up nicely like your shield behind you, and they give it to become a weapon of war all over again. They give it to, to, to John Walker to become a weapon of war all over again. But as he talks to Bucky, and Bucky has always expressed a, an opposing view to Sam, like he believes the shield's too important, and essentially it represents the good and the protection. Um, but Bucky himself, if you think about it, he's also of a bygone era, and 
in lots of ways, he's, he's still stuck in the past himself. Mm-hmm. And you see that in his flashbacks. You see that in the names he keeps in the books of the people that he tries, like all the names of the people that he's trying to make amends with, we whether to got, put them in jail or, or make them feel better or otherwise. We only got two episodes left, and my man has not made many amends, so he's still got to have a lot of amends after this ends. Yeah. And, 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 and beyond and, that, Yeah, beyond that. Go ahead. Yeah, beyond that, he's a murderer. Like, let's oh, forget. God. Like, I mean, oh, God, you just want to wash over but the I'm man. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm just talking about how his views about the shield is. But that's what I'm saying. Go his, back to him. His, his views with the shield are clouded by the fact that he is mm. a murderer. That in this one, in this same episode, we see the flashback of him choking out a woman with his hand. I, the, the, I'm I not sure it. how I him being Bucky's, a murderer Bucky's equates sexy, to, you know, again, but you know. No, it's, once again, it's not about the cheekbones. I just don't understand how him being a murderer equates to how he feels about the shield. Because that's my point. Not only is he of a bygone era, the era that he was in was killing. Like he believes, you know. This shit. <laughs> and we know Bucky about that action. Yeah. So when you talk about protecting, protecting who? You know, once again, like stands up for the little guy. Because my thing is, Bucky is looking at the shield as if it was still attached to Steve Rogers, who is a different person and a different ideal. Uh, which is all cute and well said, right? But once again, it's couched in that cute shit because Steve <laughs> Rogers is that cute shit who Bucky knows personally, who Sam knows personally, who these Avengers know personally, but who the world knows as a symbol of imperialism. Yeah. You know what? This is actually a perfect segue into the next subpoint about this. Just the fact that there's lots of blood on the shield. Literally and figuratively, there's lots of blood on it. Obviously, in that very really disturbing last scene of this episode where we see John standing there with a bloodied shield. He's, again, America's costuming, America's colors. That is America, or this is America, right? And if you even think about, too, just even how the shield was created, at least in the MCU, the shield was made by Howard Stark. Howard worked for the army. He was an arms dealer, amongst other things, but he was also an arms dealer. He was all about, essentially, a warmonger. So... And it was made by vibranium. Vibranium is native to Wakanda. How did you get the vibranium out of Wakanda? So some grimy shit. Did you steal it? Probably. So it's. I mean, was it given as was it given as a gift and somehow it got got into the wrong hands? But I won't grime them out. No, I think in the comics it's always been that you know. Well, in the comics, but in the MCU, had they really explained how that nigga got that? Um, But but that's my point. Like even from its own origins, what was it actually made for? Like. And, and I see what you're saying. And I see what you're saying when you're like Steve Rogers is all that cute shit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you have this weapon of war, but it's in the hands of a really cute guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and you generally agree with what he's what he's doing. And you know, minus you know him going after Nazis, which is absolutely fine. It's like mm-hmm. all the other stuff that you may think like, oh, is this does this make sense? So I. And also, it goes back to what we've talked about before: how Steve Rogers. Especially the way this ep- this series is writing is kind of the worst because one he goes to sleep for like eighty years and for those eighty years while he's in ice this is not his fault but America is going to use this symbol of that we lost this great man you know join the army be like Cap you know save the world propaganda he's propaganda from Jump Street and he was propaganda from Jump Street and see that's the problem like 
that's one of the things that I why I love the first Avenger because it shows you how much of a propaganda tool he is, and whether or not if you don't agree with America, it works great, and if you agree with America, it works great. You know, because you're like, well, damn, this sucks. Look how they're using this guy, and that's what my point is. Like, mm. we're all hyped for Steve because we love, you know, Chris Evans. We love what he represents. We grew up watching this dude, whatever it was. You know, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but it's still America at the end. He's still Captain America, and in the real world we live in, we know what the f America represents. Even though we both live here, we both love it. We would love it to be actually live up to the ideals. And someone made this great point on Twitter where I want I miss a good point, right? Steve, you know, they say Steve is what America um thinks it wants to be, right? Or, you know, the ideals that it it's you know Aspires espouses. To. Yeah. Or espouses or says that's what it is. John is what America is, mm. and Sam is what America could be. But that's, that's a, a good re- point. I like that. A good point, but also a very simplistic point because Steve, while he is what America could be, what he represents to the world is what America is. Right? That's what I'm saying. To the most of the world, what John did in the square is no different than what Steve has been doing for the last whatever how many years. You know what I mean? It might look a little different to these younger people who didn't grow up with it. But people around the world have grown up with an America that's done what it's done. You know what I mean? And so I don't America's, think Steve Rogers would have beat a man to death It doesn't matter what shield. Steve would have done. It's what America does in his name and what the name of Captain America does to represent that. Yeah. Most of the people, you've never seen what Steve did. But they still know that America came into their town and bombed it up. And, and they put Captain America front when they did it. Well. You, you know, that's the thing. Like... Is it brutal because he used a shield, or is it brutal when we bomb somebody? That's that's what that's what really blew my mind about that. How many people are reacting to this, you know, and like, oh my god, you know? And I'm like, what are you doing? What we did in Vietnam, fam? Like, do you know what we do in wars? Do you know what we did in Iraq? Do you know what we did every time? You know, do you know the levels of the amount of weaponry that we use on people? Yeah, one shield, whatever, dog. It's gross because you see it. But it goes back to that whole thing. Like I got to talk about the Joker, you know, and his whole thing. It's, you know, it's like, oh, if I blow up a bomb, a busload of kids, it's a big problem, you know. But people blow up a busload of soldiers every day and nobody reacts. Which is more brutal? Well, the kids didn't sign up to be blew, uh, blown up, rather. No doubt. But the kids in Iraq, you know, who we blow up every day didn't show up, sign up to be blown up either. But that still happens. And we don't blink an eye at it. And we still love Captain America. But that's what he's representing. When he's going in there, oh, Cap doesn't kill anybody. Everybody around him is shooting with guns. You know, like, he has tanks following him in the first Avenger. You know, you see this. Like, they, they even, um, it's an Easter egg in this episode of John busting in the door with the gun. It's the same shot from the first Avenger of Cap busting in the door with the gun. The oh, when he rushes was, the door? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the difference is Cap has a team of people behind him and some tanks. <laughs> you make this so difficult, Ben. I mean, <laughs> you because make this so not... difficult. Yeah. Like, because what we're saying, it like forces you to, because you even, you and I, like having this conversation is forcing mm-hmm. me to interrogate yeah. some of my viewpoints. Like, yo, like, first of all, I, he's still Captain Confederate. I still, I, I know still you like want, I know, but I get but it. But he what ain't. you're saying, <laughs> I, I so understand. Is, so is Steve. If he is, so is Steve. No, no. 
he's America's See, ass. That's he how they get America's you. America's ass now. That's how forever. they get you. Well, well he but, but, won't but, but, get me. Because <laughs> I don't care. IDC, IDC, IDC. I'm going to be here. <laughs> I'm going to be here for America's ass. But anyway, let me, let me, let me close out this, this theme of, of, again, what the shield is and what it represents. And I mentioned, depending on who's holding it, what they're doing with it has very different connotations. In the most satisfying, seasoned, delicious. Mm. Oh, I was like, what is she? Okay. Yeah, in go this on. scene where John Walker get that ass whooped by the Dora Milaje. At the end, when when one of the one of the Dora Fam, hold up. She kicks him. And he flies back into the sphere <laughs> that was already embedded. Like, yo, he flies back, hands up. My man flies back like, what happened? <laughs> it's like we know. It was I, I had to pause it and I was dead ass laughing for five minutes because it was just, it was so satisfying and it was funny as fuck. Like it was just funny. It was like, you know that meme where the guy's slamming on the button that says violence? That was me. I was like, violence! <laughs> I was like, oh, and I put a I put a tweet out where I use uh, a picture of Oren Ishi from Kill Bill, where I'm like, anytime I see John Walker getting his ass whooped, tear the bitch apart, fight, <laughs> violence. <laughs> I had a blast. That was that. Oh, it was so satisfying. Oh. <laughs> he went up like oh. hands up. It, it's like in uh Minister Society when Jada Pinkett hits her son and he hits the floor and you hear both hits. Like <laughs> she's like. Get up out of here! And she hits him, and he's like, "Damn, he's he's right." I mean, I think it was a blooper, but they kept it in because the kid is like, you know, she's like slapping him, you know, like get up out of here, and he runs and then hits the ground. So it's like boom, boom, you know, and then he gets back up and keeps running. Could John hit that spear like blap, blap? <laughs> well, after he got served, as you as you oh, say, after he got served, served in that there was there man was a, when one of the door debos him and takes the shield. First of all, again. <laughs> Funny as hell. Like That's my shield now. My shit now. No, what's what's even more hilarious is how she pins him to the thing. He is unable to get the shield and the unable. sword off. And also because of how much it means to him. Like how he needs people. That's his teddy bear. He needs that to he, be he, powerful. Yeah, I mean, he even tells, like, he tells everyone just like he tells the door. Hey, I'm Captain America. You know, like, like Steve would never do that. Is. Steve is always like Steve Rogers. You know, it's never about, they know who I am, you know. But everyone he meets is like, yeah, I'm Captain America. And so... Then he got pinned, got the direct pinned to the table and can't get it off. And the shortest vault was like, give me that out, you know, <laughs> easily. Like, you, and, what are you doing? And when she takes it, and those mm. that short, the short period of time when she steps on it and it flies up to her shoulder, I got chills. Mm. I got goosebumps. Because even in that moment, the shield had a very different and very powerful meaning right there. Because mm. Again, I mentioned earlier how, it, in the MCU anyway, it, it's made out of vibranium. Vibranium is only Wakanda. So in, in some ways, it's Wakanda taking back what belongs to them any mm. motherfucking way. Mm. Okay? Mm. Yeah, you can say, well, it's, it's government property. No, son. If we want to talk about the, the source of, and where it comes from, it's not even yours. It never really was. And the idea of seeing a black woman, a very, very powerful black woman, wielding mm. that shield, completely different connotations. She even, the way she holds it, she holds the shield at her side, not at her back. She's not holding onto things. This is going to be a Ben I mean black moment. 
because the black woman don't have to have stuff on their back. We are not your mule. Because I'm like, Steve held on that side too. I mean, no, no, he had on his back too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he held on that side and on his back. Yeah, like, yeah, But yeah. my point is that the way that they, 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 she has an expertise to it. Mm-hmm. She has a different way of even holding it, of even wielding it. And you even have a note here that she's just smoother. She's just smooth like uh, that. Yeah, because the move is the same move that Steve pulls off after the elevator fight. Yes. In, um, Winter Soldier, where he stands on the, he, you know, it's the kid flip. He does the kid flip like a skateboard, flips it up to his arm. She does the same move mm-hmm. because one, she's a badass. Two, You're a badass. She, you she's trained that. in the use of vibranium, you know, so she knows. Their weapons how, are b- vibranium. vibranium. So they already know how to get down with it. So she does it easily. And she's not even a super soldier, which leads into one of the greatest, one of the greatest. I mean, we need some like choral music to play right now. Like the, you know, the light shining down. It's like when they opened up the lemon pepper wet, you know, once again, another Atlanta reference when they opened up the lemon pepper wet and the light shined on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, because. They weren't even super soldiers. They just trained. <laughs> and they put that ass to bed. They put that ass to the side. Because you a mark-ass nigga. You a trick-ass nigga. You wow. a whole-ass nigga. Wow. Okay, I wasn't going it, there, but we did. I'm going there, because guess what I don't like? Guess who I don't like? Obviously, but <laughs> as we get into this next theme, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah, and and and... How does he say that line though, Ben? I mean, oh man! And <laughs> let, let me let me get let me break this down right now. This is one of my favorite themes of this week of of the MCU of all time. So let me let me get into my black moments real quick okay. right here. First of all, John's acting. Okay, the despair. You know, just the the shock, the awe. You know, the the um aghast. <laughs> um. You know, I'm, I'm, the word, the real word, will probably come to me later. That I'm slipping, that I, I slip in my mind right now. But you know, the despair's right there. But it's also so accurate, right? Because first of all, like I said, the acting that this man is putting on in this, you know, yeah. series is just phenomenal. Because he has the whole internet crying, laughing at the futility. <laughs> you know of what he, you know what he just went through. Like mm-hmm. they weren't even super soldiers, and I got served. <laughs> like you know I got I mean it wasn't even difficult you know they put in work my man's over there getting kicked across the coffee table like it's Kill Bill like he's Veronica uh, Yo, Vivica Lamar, Fox they you know? was they was handling Lamar like a fucking tennis, tennis ball like they, he was just getting rocked left and right like <laughs> left and right I mean he didn't I don't even think he got a hit in or even nah. swung at that point uh, he was uh, just I don't was, even think it, he swung yeah and like I say, that bounce that, you know, I mean, John did was all, I mean, the way he flies back, hands up, like, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and then the spear's already right there behind him. It's just, oh, yeah, I yeah. can't get enough. But anyway, the despair on his face. But it's also so accurate, right, to the pressure that the government's putting him under. Like I say, this kid, this kid, I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's a grown-ass man. But as a kid, he grew up idolizing a super soldier and his team of billionaire and uh super soldier gone wrong in the hulk and hawkeye trained assassin and black widow we don't even know what this woman you know is yet we ain't even seen her origin 
but also trained assassin. Um, I can't think of the rest of it. Is there any more Avengers I'm missing? Whatever, you know, a bunch of bad, oh, a god, you know, lest we forget. You said Wanda already? No, I mean, he might not know her, you know, as a kid, I'm talking about the original, you know. Oh, okay. The original okay. crew, you know, saved New York because he references that. A god with the you know hair of gods, et cetera, mm, okay, et cetera. Okay, okay. You know, Chris Hemsworth. Like not, you know, not only is he idolizing, I mean, for, imagine You're idolizing that, right? some people who are literal people who are non-human. Yeah, like in <laughs> real life, you know, I've met some of these people and I'm like, God damn, y'all look good. You know what I mean? Like when I met, you know, these people in real life, I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So these are all in this world, they're also superheroes. So it's just unreal you know the pressure he's under because he's grown up on all that and then he has no serum you know he has nothing really they give him the shield and a few weeks later they're like go out there and be captain america they give him a shield and a pep talk yep and, and so a gold star i mean and, and but first of all he 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 it's not like it's not like it was thrust upon him he wanted that he mm-hmm, wanted because, the shield because all his life it's been imprinted on him you know he grew up under you know the campaign of be like this you know the army wants you and the army wants you because be like captain america right so while he isn't like steve he's a good soldier but he's woefully unequipped for the job he's been given much like our own armed forces in many occasions like me, I'm that person, right? And this episode made me even question my beliefs, right? Because I have this idea that if you join the police, if you join the army, you know what you're getting into. You, you know, if you join the police force, you're now a slave catcher. You know, that's what the police were originally formed for in this country. You know, to protect white people's property from slaves. That's why police were here. That's why they're still here for the most part, right? Not to protect the serve, to protect the serve white, you know, property owners maybe. But even in this day, they'll take white people's property. So they don't give a damn. And the army, you know what they're about worldwide. So, you know, the armed forces. But at the same time, people need jobs. People need to feed their families, et cetera. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You know, blah, blah. They got dads who were cops. They got dads who were soldiers. They grew up watching Captain America movies. You know, they're going to be like, yo, I want to be like that guy, right? And then they get there and they ain't ready because they're running against, you know, women with vibranium spears and shit <laughs> who are doing backflips over your ass, and you ain't got no serum again. All right? So, yeah. once again, he's given an impossible job to live up to the society of the person. But the illest part, as we get into the black moment, is the lion's piece of the role that black women play in the world. The right? black woman. That the black woman <laughs> plays in the world, not only in this world, but in our world, because they are doing things that super soldiers do. With no super serum. Like the door pinning the thing to the table, to the shield to the table, and then he can't even pull it out while she's just like, give me that. After they just whooped on you know that ass. Called? You know what that's called? Precision. That's what it is. You know what I mean? He's trying to. And she's like, <laughs> and, uh, but they, yeah. One... Like, it, it was just. It was. I, again, I mean, I, just just his whole face, like like his face was on the floor at that the futility. point. Futility, and and yes, and and wow, and it's like, also like, did did the government <laughs> not wow. warn y'all about this, like that this can happen, or was y'all just not Mm-mm. thinking, or? I mean, it's also impossible to predict. Like you know, the government it's impossible didn't warn. To predict Dora Milaje is gonna show up and beat your ass. Right? Beat your ass. Like you never know. Dragons coming around the you know Manhattan. Like you're not ready for that. These are things that happen to but Steve. If you grew up in a world where there's Thor's and Steve Rogers, True. wouldn't you be like, yo? But once some again, shit might go down one day. 
I mean, yeah, and they probably were like, yo, one day you might run into the door. This is what they like. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And he's like, sure. And then you see it in sure. real life, you know? <laughs> because he, he, you see that, how he put his hand on their shoulder like, like, buddy. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I ain't John Walker. Don't buy give a f- who you are, dude. But, okay, once again, the door, right? They, they talk about how, you know... Uh, our jurisdiction is wherever we happen to be. Wait, what? That was the coldest. It was cold as fuck, but wait, what? You know, it sounds good because we love the door. It but sounds wait, good because it, it is good because who going to stop me? <laughs> wait, who what? Who going to stop me? What happens when you, have a, when you make a decision what? I don't agree with? But you know what? But guess what? Also, what has Wakanda done to the outside world that would make that a comment like that indicative of something negative? True. Wakanda don't even fuck with the outside world generally, except for since we saw it in Black Panther, the first movie. So my thing is you also got to take, if you're going to say that, you got to take it with the full-blown context. Mm. If someone like John Walker, who literally who said the same thing about, yeah. oh, who cares about borders? I'm going to do what I want to do. Facts. But what is his what is his history? What has he done? What what kind of, what has he been doing? Who does he represent? Versus the Dora say that. What have they done? What have, mm-hmm. what, what are they doing? What do they represent? Something oh. completely different. So yes, that was a badass <laughs> statement. Yeah. And yes, that was some bars. And then and I found lead- no problem with it. All right, but then that leads directly into our next theme because what happens when someone like Carly says it? There are some questions to be asked. <laughs> you got you got to think about it for a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> there, there may be some questions. You know? <laughs> not, not, that didn't hit the same. <laughs> you got to interrogate it a little bit more. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what? Um, but, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead into the next one, Ben. I mean. All right. Well, the next one is One World, One People. <sighs> and, uh, it, you know, it sounds good. It's that cute shit. You know what I mean? But <laughs> once again, like Sam straight up tells her, like, what the world you're creating isn't it's just different. Now, there is, as you say, there's two sides to every coin, right? Mm-hmm. The flip side to the idea of one world, one people, where essentially with the flash magic once there's no borders, one unit, all that stuff. Does that also mean the erasure of nationalities? For, I think they're more the or erasure. Or it's just like, oh, well, like you can be from Zimbabwe, you could be from this, you could be from that, but... There's there's not a strict structure that we have now. Like, what does that fully mean? I guess what does the fully realized concept of one world, one people actually mean? I mean, that do, are they do, are they do, does Carly even know what that actually means? <laughs> because like like you said on on its head, and I agreed with that with the with the basic concept. Like on its head, sure that sounds cool to me. Like this is this is born from the people left behind during the blip. This mm-hmm. is born from how, and Sam alluded to this when he was explaining what happened. He said how the world came together. Like mm-hmm. people were crossing borders and, and finding communities, building communities, rebuilding, just coming together as a people. And again, we had said in a previous episode where the blip might have taken out dictators or it may have taken out people who was making people's lives a living hell. And perhaps this gave them a, a, an opportunity to live that fruitful life or live that peaceful life. Mm. And that's now our second uh, comic book reference of the week is Watchmen, right? There's another one from the comic book Watchmen, the 12-issue limited series. Osmondeus' plan is to fake this alien squid attack on New York, which kills a lot of people in New York. And as we saw in the series, damages people all the way out in Jersey, fucks up the world, basically. 
then the world comes together for a time, unifies, and then eventually goes back to that thing because, like, I always tell people, people forget, you know? People have very short memories. People are forced to have short memories by distractions and entertainment and things of that nature. And that's what I've been talking about. I mean, this goes into a longer conversation about COVID and stuff. But that is what, you know, Carly's ideal is still the same ideal of somebody like an Osmondeus. Like, yo, you know, it was great when Thanos snapped his fingers, but then the people came back and the world went back to the way it was. Why can't we just go back to that way? But that involves snapping your fingers. You know what I mean? That involves killing people. That involves doing the things that Thanos did to make the world that way. The world is this way now. You just have to deal with it. You can't go back to that way. Especially not in the way that you're attempting to go about it. Right. And that this concept was... A, and, and and this is where it gets shaky because people say, I don't know, or, or Sam says, I don't think Mama Donia would have wanted you to do that. Nah. Like, Mama Donia, she's the one who took in all of these displaced, these displaced people who essentially had nothing, whether it's by way of money, shelter, family, like Carly. She took them under her care. She created a sense of community without a need for a governing body. It was mm -hmm. just people taking care of people. And that may have been the original premise of what the what this group should have maybe been doing, but it had escalated to something else, which is why I asked, what is the true end goal of that one world, one people concept? And Mama Donia is a Steve Rogers type of person. Yes. You know, she's, based on what they're telling us. Yeah. Yeah. They're fighting. They're a person who fought the bu bullies. They're not a person who, you know, they're a person of the people. They're doing what I said, what the Black Panthers did. And something that I read in this book once that has always stuck with me is like, and it's the reason why we even do For All Nerds, honestly. And this is, you know, a little deep for this, but just to get into it. And this book was talking about how revolutions. You're never going to create a revolution where you go on TV and reach 100,000 people, right? That's never how revolutions happen, you know, or a million people, or all that type of thing. Revolutions happen when you change one person at a time. You know, you change one person. It was like they, they made the example of, like, you can either change 100 people 1% or you change one person 100%. And mm. changing that one person 100% is how you start a revolution. And that's something that stuck with me doing this show and stuff is because I believe that we're starting revolutions here. You know, we are one of our themes and phrases is inclusion is revolution mm -hmm. by changing people one at a time. Mm. You know, instead of trying to make this giant thing where we, you know, reach everyone, we're reaching people individually and speaking to people, you know, on a personal level where people understand what we're talking about and we get into it in these themes and all these ideas and stuff that we talk about every week. And hopefully show people better ways of living. Because, mm -hmm. like I say, that's the thing. What Carly is doing, what John is doing, you know, I disagree with them both. And that's something that I think people get misconstrued about me. Is like people think that I'm siding with these characters. Like It goes back to even uh, on Castle Black where people think that I love. I mean, I think Jamie. But you did love Jamie. <laughs> but that's the point. I love Jamie and Cersei because of the world they live in, right? The rules of this world are ruthless and terrible. You know, it's illogical for somebody to think that they're going to change the world in this thing. You know, and then the way they, and then people loved Daenerys because she said, I'm going to break the wheel. I'm going to do this. She's a Carly. I'm, 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 wow. I'm, you know, that's wow. always the problem. And people didn't get that. And I got that early with Daenerys. I was like, yo, this woman's twisted. Y'all are bugging, but she's hot. You know, even me. Oh my God. You know? 
They have been able to look pretty good. privileged stuff, but she also has a particularly untold power similar to Carly. That's or vice versa, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's always this I'm, I'm, I'm. I always tell people that, right? Whenever someone's first reaction is I'm, it is they're, you know, they got a, they got work to do. Mm. Because in, in any situation, you know, like when people, you know, will react like, you know, I'm not offended by this show. Well, that's cool, bro. But what about the fucking world? You know what I mean? What effect does it have on people? Or, yo, I'm not dumb enough to fall for that. You know? Well, what about people who maybe are not dumb, but aren't as educated as you? Mm-hmm. You know? I am i don't like, you know, these type of people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. those people are just trying to live their life like you. You know, why does it matter? I saw people... Today, complain about Kid Cudi wearing a dress on Saturday Night Live. Why do you always worry about what another person does? Worry about your be the revolution you want to start by changing the people around you. You know, affect what you can affect. You out here worrying about this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. While we live in a world of we, or the world we want to live in is a world of we. You know, of community, of for the people, of helping each other. Like what Carly says, they're all great ideals. The way she's going about it is just the absolute wrong way. And it's just going to create more. You can't do that. You can't kill to make a better world. You know what I mean? She says the only language people understand, though. But that's the problem. You know, well, you're going to have to teach them another language, fam. You're going to have to mm. do better. You know, you're going to have to, you know, you have to be that person. You have to find another way. Or you have to do, you know, the people have to make that choice. You don't take it upon yourself to make these choices for the people. That's what, that's her real problem. Yeah. You know, she's like, I represent all these people. But, well, then let them make the choice. You know, all the people, even the little 12 people around her didn't want to blow up that building. And she did it. And they're like, well, I guess we got to go. She made a unilateral decision and didn't tell them. Yep. Well, yeah, she's evil. Strumbaggery. Oh I mean, not gosh. evil. I don't like to say that, but you know, she has done evilish things. You know, like blackish. Like, yeah. you know, she might not be black, but you know, she's evilish. Yeah. Um, and that that's our leads us to our final <laughs> theme. Um, and we y'all knew this was gonna be a jam packed episode, but this leads mm-hmm. us to our final theme of their of I calling there will be blood, because there's there's constant talks about blood and its representation as well, mm-hmm. and. Specifically, the, the call to this was when Sam was talking to Zemo in Zemo's apartment, um, what, right before the, the Dora situation. And Sam says to Zemo, blood isn't always the solution. Mm. And that idea, like how you just said, how I said about, well, Carly believes violence is the language. And you, you gave a great counterpoint. Well, then mm-hmm. change the language. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and as we said, Carly, she, she believes it does, you know. She she may have been able to find compromise when she was speaking to Sam, but John essentially ruined that when he bust in. She ain't gonna but, find it no matter what. It's, but it's she cute may, shit. right? But at the end of the <laughs> yeah. day, if her mind is set, her mind is set. Yeah. Clearly, John believes that blood is the solution. I, I mean, he goes after, and to me, he didn't just. It wasn't Lamar's death that made him flip out. Like he was already on that path. Perhaps yes. Lamar's death was was the last straw, but for him, his 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 his. He wasn't going after the terrorists because, oh, it's time for me to go after the terrorists. He went after him and killed him in cold blood because he wanted revenge. 
Okay, but see, once again, this that goes to this idea. The you know, I don't want to keep reiterating this, but the bomb or the shield, what is more brutal? Like my man has already said, yo, what we did back there in Afghanistan did not deserve to be called honorable. And they're like, yo, if we had the serum, we would have saved so many more lives, which is a lie that they both believe. Because if they had the serum, just more lives would have been taken because what America does is bomb and kill people. You know, as the great George Carlin, rest in peace, said, America is in the business of bombing brown people. If you got brown people in your country, watch out. The point I'm making is Mm -hmm. if John was strictly about having to capture this terrorist, as you call it, who does that? Just go capture him. Who does that? He deliberately went to kill him, which is why I say revenge. But once again, why is it revenge? Okay, I go back to my other thing about Wanda. Everybody's like, oh, my God, who going to check her? You know, who going to check him? Who going to check this terrorist? Nobody, right? Not no normal person. John had to check him. It's not a thing when Steve over here kicking people in the turbines, but suddenly it's a thing when he brutalizes this man. But Steve kicks a man into a turbine. I don't want to see how that dude looked after that. The moralities of people watching this show are real hilarious. You know what I mean? That's all I'll say. It's like, because I've seen a lot of people like, how do you defend John? And I saw somebody get mad talking about, people are defending Bucky and they attack Wanda. I attack all of these motherfuckers. If you hear me, all of these motherfuckers. Tony on down. I ain't found the one of the Avengers who is without reproach. You know what I mean? All of these people have problems. And, the, and that's what we're really getting into on this show to me is that what they represent is even more problematic, but we feed into it because they're attractive and we love them. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to our questions that need answers mm-hmm. portion. Um, this is more so a comment than a question, but because it didn't really fit perfectly anywhere else, but yep. I, we, I, we wanted to draw attention to that that scene between um, when Bucky was talking to Io in in the uh, alley. And it went back to his memory of when he was being deprogrammed in Wakanda. And that was such a, that was a very emotional, uh, incredibly emotional and really struck a nerve with me because you see, and, and this is all by choice, right? You see that, you know, he was in Wakanda as we know Shuri and I are who helped him get deprogrammed. Mm-hmm. And who knows what exactly Besides, like, whatever science stuff that was happening. Who knows exactly what they needed to do? But they clearly got to the point where he did whatever the training. Then. <laughs> they clearly got to the point where he, he finished whatever training or conditioning they put him through. And Io was testing him. And he was scared for his life. He was scared. Not necessarily for his life. He was scared of what he might do. He was scared mm-hmm. that after the saying of the trigger words that would enable the Winter Soldier program, that he would go wild and hurt people. And I was like, I'm not going to let you do that. And which was also foreshadowing to what she does to him later. But mm. the fact what? that I was one of the people who, and she says that she chose to be his, essentially his handler, his, his watcher, his, his, the person who was going to make sure that he makes it through this mm. while he was doing whatever he was doing with Shuri to get, to get right. And just that scene by him by the fire with, I felt the anguish and the anguish and the pain he was going through, the mental anguish and pain, because as Io was just progressing through the words, he was, it was more fear, more, more sadness, more everything. Mm-hmm. 
Sebastian Stan, probably his best scene yet. And the fact that they cast this man and he's been playing Bucky through these years is just, you know, once again, Marvel's cast and director, you know, just incredible work because you've seen him go from this fresh-faced dude in the first Avenger to this anguished, terrorized man mm-hmm. in this scene. And uh, it's Florence Kasumba, right? Florence Kasumba, yeah. She's yeah. the act- actor that plays uh, I.O. I.O. And her look of like just genuine happiness and satisfaction when she realizes that, you know, he's not mm-hmm. going to submit to the words is so great because there's no words said between either of these actors. Yeah. And you get all these different emotions. And I have to address it here because a lot of people have been like, hit me this week. Like, yo, Ben, you was right. Yo, you was right. And at first I was like, what are they talking about? And they're like, yo, the scene, you know what I mean? It was Io in the tent, Io in the hut. And I'm like, ugh, that's so gross. Because one, in the comics, Io has a relationship with Anika, another one of the Dora Milaje. It's one of my favorite relationships in comic books. So I'm hoping to see it on screen. So when I was suggesting, unless, you know, Io, you know, maybe, you know, this is her early thing. Now she's done with that and she moves on to Anika. I could be down with that, you know. Because I don't, people, I don't care for the shipping of the okay, two characters. Like, I don't people, think that's necessary to have a bond between two characters. I don't think it is either. But at the same time, somebody was in that hut, and <laughs> and <laughs> and when Bucky, when they fight and Io disarms them, somebody pointed out to me that Bucky gives her that look, like, yo, I, I thought we didn't have no secrets between us. Yeah, she did get that look. Man, he was I, like, I want to point out but, that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't but, mean to cut you off. You know, I didn't, I, I, I didn't think you used to do that to my okay, arm. Okay, I'm going to cut you, know? you off now. But <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make the point. I think this was a beautiful contrast when after that anguish and that happened, she finished the words and nothing mm-hmm. happened. And she's, and Ayo says to Bucky, you're free. Mm. Now, contrast that many episodes before mm. when he had the conversation with the therapist. Mm-hmm. And the therapist was like, you know, she was saying all this other stuff about... Oh, you got pardon, you got a cupcake, you're free. And that, the pardon, all this other, that's not nearly as impactful as what Io and Shuri and the Wakandans did for him. I mean, how many At times? At the end we, of the day. How many times have we seen movies about white people finding their life in Africa? <laughs> Bucky's just a long tradition of, you know what I mean? <laughs> this, this is true. Uh, like, this you is know. True. Well, I, I just, I just, cause, cause I, I, as you were talking, I just pictured those two scenes next to each other, like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like they hit different. At least yeah. the words "you are free" as it, it comes, as Bucky heard them, it hit completely different. Shit, I mean that's how it is. When you come back from Africa too, it's like, damn, you know, what I mean that shit hit different over there. Now I'm back here. Ugh. Yeah. Am I really free? Yeah. Also, you, yeah. Every time I see Sebastian saying cry, I just want to be like. Let this man play Luke Skywalker, you cowards. Oh, man. that would work. I mean, they've, oh, it's, it's, you know, you know, um, Mark Hamill calls him his son on Twitter. Dead ass? Yeah. I that's know been, that. that. Oh, that's been going on for years now. That, absolutely. I see. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been, you know, it's been a thing. That, yeah. But when he cries, you know, and Luke, you know, stay crying. He's, you know, sorry, y'all. He does. He does. You know, he, yeah, he man. does. He stays crying. You know, that's why I identified him with him as a kid, because I stayed crying, so, you know, I could relate. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there are just two quick questions that need mm-hmm. answers, both from you, and one might be a reach, but... Wow. Okay. It um, dep- I mean, it might be true. It might be a reach, okay. but... All right. Well, my question is, is Zemo Jewish? And to bat that ass up, I have behind <laughs> Zemo <laughs> in his house, 
99 to 2000, y'all. Um, in his house, there is a stained glass window of stars which strongly resemble the stars of David, right? Mm. Zemo also talks about disliking supremacy to, you know, an extreme level, which would back up, you know, a Jewish man. And it would be a bit flip from his origins in the comic where he's a Nazi, which would be a great way for Marvel to give the big F you to any wannabe Nazis who love this character. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Which would be real sweet, you know, and I love that. Also, the stars in that same uh, shot are used in various ways. So shout out to the director. In one shot, Bucky is behind it, and they close up, so it's just white, and then one red star, just like the Winter Soldier. In another mm. shot on Sam, you see multiple stars, but more the blue and red and like white, so like Captain America. Very well done. Very well yeah. done. Also, my next question is, who is the power broker? All right. Now, I think I listed all these possibilities last week, so I'll just run through them very quickly. But I'm, you know, our main one that we have hints towards is Sharon, right? Yeah. Sharon sees everything. In this episode, she says she has access to some satellites. A satellite. Yeah, I was like, well, damn, girl, who are you? I mean, she sits there and watches Cap walk into the place. You know, she tells him, "Oh, this is where Cap Don't is call at him right Cap. now." His name is John Walker. Uh, true. Okay, John Walker. You know, Costco Cap. Cap. Yeah, Costco Cap walking into the place. <laughs> Costco Cap. Yes. Yeah, I like I like the alliteration always. So. <laughs> You know, John is walking in. She sees him. We saw the sign before. The power brokers are always watching you. When she calls uh, Sam and them this episode, she's walking by a, you know, She walked cadre. by her goon squad. Yeah, a cadre of armed guards. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of hints. Well, but also one weird thing, but also worse, is that Zemo says he knew the power broker before he got locked up. But he did know Sharon. Yeah. In a way. So that works. All right. The mm-hmm. other ideas are Arnim Zola, who is a character who appeared in the first Avengers and comes from the comics and is a scientist who worked with Hydra, died in the first Avengers, shows back up in Winter Soldier as a computer screen on a green screen like he's in the Matrix, mm. then uses missiles to blow up the bunker that his computer is housed in. But like in the comics and in you know every movie, if you don't see a body... You know he ain't dead. And since he's a disembodied computer at this point, he could be anywhere on the internet. In the comments, mm. he comes back in a robot body, which we also saw a picture of. I just realized mm. this this week. In the first Avenger, you see him picking up the designs for the robot body. So you know how Marvel loves to bring little things like that back. This is true. Right. So, and you and you explained, I think last episode, yeah. you explained his character, how what he looks like and all that other stuff. So, okay. Yeah, and, and also how the green screens keep coming up. And when Sharon sends them a message, once again, they're reading on these green screens. Just like Arnim Zola appeared last that we saw him. That might that might be the thing. Last one, Thunderbolt Ross from uh, first scene in The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. And then showed back up, giving them the Sokovia Accords. And then was in Infinity War as a hologram. Basically, a government goon yes. who, in the comments, forms this team, the Thunderbolts, like his name, Thunderbolt Ross, who Baron Zemo is the leader of in the comics. And they're kind of like an anti-Avengers. At one point, they even replaced the Avengers and put on their costumes and fake like they're the Avengers and shit. It was great. But they're a bunch of villains. They're so fun. Yeah, they're a bunch of villains. And so uh, the Thunderbolts, you know, Baron Zemo ran them. There's a, a bullseye replaced Hawkeye. It was things like that. But a bunch of established villains. So people have been saying that 
because they're bringing back uh, the abomination from that Hulk movie. He's yeah. going to be in She-Hulk. And people like Zemo, people love him, so they right. want to see more of him, you know? You know what's interesting is, remember mm-hmm. how when they first went to Madripoor and mm-hmm. Sam Wilson decided to, or they, they disguised them as Smiling Tiger, right? In yep. the comics, Smiling Tiger was actually part of the Thunderbolts. Of Thunderbolts. Yes, he was. There's, yeah, a bunch of characters have been Thunderbolts. They're basically like uh, Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like villains turned heroes and anti-heroes. It'd be even ill if um, the government, since the government is forming this team, they get Zemo and then put John Walker on this team as U.S. agent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's coming. I fully believe that John is going to survive this series and become U.S. agent at this point and still work for the government. After everything they did, they're not going to kill him off. No. And just as, like, I think he's going to work as U.S. agent, like how Steve was without the stars and stripes. Like, something about his uniform, even this episode, we can... Well, I guess that's more of Issa, but I'll just point it out now. John's uniform, I guess it's been every episode, but it's featured prominently that he has the black uh, American flag, on, black and white American flag on his... On his patch. The, 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 on the, his patch on his shoulder. Patch on his shoulder, yeah. Soldiers, Which you would see soldiers right now. wear that, yeah. Yeah, if you were watching twitch.tv slash for all nerds, you would see me pointing to my shoulder so you would understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, the black and white American flag is used to represent no quarter given, which basically means no... Prisoners, you know, we killing them all. Take no prisoners. Let, yeah, let God sort them out. In recent years, it's been a blue line has been added to it to represent blue lives matter. John did not have that, so John ain't about that life, allegedly. But John is about that no quarter life, which also, you know, the flat smashers were about. So he got what he was dipping. So, you know. Yeesh. Yeesh. Well. Yeah. We got to talk. Happens. We, we, we did a good job talking about some of the uh, concepts about all of the different characters that show mm-hmm. up, but there's just a few more things we want to mention. Yeah. Um, again, just going back to Io and Adora Milichet, all the mm-hmm. badassery, the, 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 the sheer badassery was just, I mean, we've gone through that. But I, I watched ha- that fight like three times already. Yo, like that, that's again, top fight, top mm-hmm. Marvel fight scene up in there. But I want to say, once again, when we talk about the comedy, Io literally disarms Bucky. Mm-hmm. And, and keeps trying. Because she tried to do it with the spear. And then when he blocked the spear. But it's she does like the, the pressure point type Yeah, stuff, but I think she was hit. She, she was going with, for the pressure point with the spear first. And then he blocks it. And right. then she comes with the hand. Right. Nice with it. Just nice with it. Just the fact that she literally did it. And the look on Bucky's face like, damn. Like I was, And in my head, I was like, they could do that? And then on screen, they was like, did you know he could, they could do that? That's what I'm saying. Bucky was like, yo, I thought we ain't had no secrets, you know? You ain't never touched me like that before. Stop. stop. It, felt, it felt different this time. Stop. Um, <laughs> besides that, maybe maybe it was Io or maybe some, or maybe it's Shuri, who knows? Or maybe it was just his time being there, how Bucky was taught Wakandan because Bucky actually speaks back in Wakandan to Io. After, you know, they're going back and forth. Very bilingual, very cute. Yeah. I liked it. His time I, there. I, I mean, just in general. His time there. Okay, right? we're skirting over that. But just in general, like, I love the integration of Wakanda and obviously of the Dora Milaje mm-hmm. and just, just the concept of, I told y'all when when I first, when they first showed Io and they had the choop, 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 choop. They had yes. that, 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 like, I had chills because I was I was back in 2018. I was back mm-hmm. in the in the Black Panther mode and just anything you could do to integrate them into the main story, I love. And it makes sense. 
And this, like, even though we saw it in Black Panther, this is our first time to really see the door go to work. Like, go to work. Like, we've seen them do go to work, and then when Killmonger came through, he was kind of beating their ass a little bit. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. souped up. Yeah. You know, he, he he was a little teed up. But to see them in their element, mm-hmm. hoeing, oh my God, hoeing it. You're going to put me on my element. <laughs> I love if it. I got to slap a bitch nigga, I'm going to make it look sexy. <laughs> And Boy, when made it, comes, it look sexy for real. When it comes to Zemo, I gotta use this meme. This nigga spitting, okay? Mm. Because he's been saying some tough stuff, like like he's been bars. having bars throughout the series since he popped out or since he got got out of jail. He says, uh, and 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 rightfully so. Sam questions him on a lot of what he says, which I also appreciated. But one of the things he says is the desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. Mm-hmm. Using the example of John Walker, he seizes that opportunity to take, or at least take the vial of the super soldier serum for himself once he sees it. He generally sees going about going after Zemo, excuse me, going after the Flag Smashers and all that his way or the highway. And this is my own personal view because I don't like him, but he's a jealous bitch who talked down to Bucky for mm. having a super soldier in him, mm. a super soldier serum rather, in him. Because he was like, oh, you this, when he went face-to-face with Bucky, when Bucky tried to stop him from entering the the hall, he was just like, oh, so you think this is easy for you, right? Because, you know, you you a super soldier and da 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 And then, of course, now he sees the opportunity, he's going to take it. You see the question that he presents to Lamar when he was like, well, if you had an opportunity, would you take it? And Lamar is like, hell yeah, real quick. <laughs> Which is a contrast to when the question is asked <laughs> by Zemo to Sam. And Sam was just like, no. Very quick. And also, I mean, finally, I know people have been waiting for it, but here are my choice words for John, finally, because, you know, I've not been defending him. I've just been defending everything about, you know, everyone else. Well, not defending. I've been tearing down everybody else in this show. But let me say this about John. What a bitch asshole right there. Because my Thank man straight you. up, my man straight oh, up is like. It only took lo- four episodes. Thank you. Oh, I mean, no, I've accepted that he's a bitch asshole. But I've also accepted is that most of the people on the show are bitch assholes. <laughs> and that's what other people and most of the characters in this universe are bitch assholes. And that's what most people are not accepting. And that's what I'm, you know, <laughs> trying to illustrate to people right here. But back to the point. When my man says, yo, what's good, Lamar? Would you drink that shit, Lamar? He's like, word up. He's like, true. Hold on a second. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you even give your man's half? He was right there. Y'all sitting in the mall. Y'all could have ran in the bathroom. I don't know if it's a shot. You know, you shoot each other in the butt. You know, y'all athletes love to do that shit either way. You know, slap each other on the ass when you do it. You know, like, woo, we did it. You know, walk about it. They're both y'all half juiced up. No. No helmet. No barber. No serum. No emoji. No emoji. My man, I mean, it was a rough life for Battlestar. Your rest it's, in peace, brother. Like, fam. It's, it's really rough. But 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 finishing up with, with Zemo, just the things he says that make mm-hmm. that be making sense, just, you know, within that whole concept about super soldiers and the serum, Bucky mentioned Steve Rogers, Steve being an outlier to that thought process that Zemo has. But Zemo retorts that there hasn't been anyone like him since. Yeah, but it's, I mean, and the answer is Sam is the closest to it. Easily. That's why the camera cuts to Sam. Mm-hmm. And that's why throughout this episode, it shows a Sam. And, yeah. and Carly's a monster, so no. Oh, my gosh. And also just, as I mentioned, I like that 
Zemo's was also challenged, particularly by Sam, when he he talks, he he says all this stuff, and it's like super soldiers cannot be allowed to exist. And Sam's like, that's how gods talk. That's how people mm-hmm. who have this just untold power. That's how they, they they speak in very unilateral terms and very very you know, that is questionable. Yes, only uh, a Sith thinks in absolutes. The Jedi says while calling the Sith the people who think in absolutes. Thus making an absolute. Yeah, I know. The Jedi are hypocritical as fuck. But that's my point. Everybody is hypocritical as fuck and they're not understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and again, John Walker is a mark ass because just wow. how he approaches me, like it's no respect. And, and that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, because I'm a very big on respect. Yeah. If you just respect me, we may have opposing views, but if you respect me, I could potentially rock with you and listen to what you got to say. He's disrespectful. He spoke disrespectfully to the Dora. He called this his pointy sticks. Do you know who, do you know what, what, you know the names of people who talk like that? Colonizers. Wow. I mean, you know what America is? A colonizing country. You know what Steve Rogers represented? A colonizing country. It was funny. I think this is, this is more so just a, a callback when he says, what's with all the knives? Like, that's supposed to be funny. Like, when he was fighting the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. But, and literally, after he says that, it cuts to Lamar freeing himself with a knife. Mm-hmm. You know knives are Bucky's bread and butter. You see him when he's fighting, he 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 grabs up. I know you love, you love that scene with him um, messing with the knife and when a oh. soldier, when he goes off. And he did it in this one, too. He, he did, did it in lovely this one, too. Clip. It was beautiful. And it's also a callback to Howard Stark and when he says that, he tells Steve, that Hydra won't come at you with pocket knives. And then Winter Soldier comes at him with a pocket, pocket knife. knife. <laughs> so it's what's with all the knives. You know, Cap is always getting attacked. Oh, I know. Uh, Costal Cap right. and regular Cap always getting right. attacked by and, knives. And that idea of John just being jealous and just how he goes about things is you could... After Carly. He, okay, fine. But we're talking about John right now. So, like, just the way... As you said, when when he said they weren't even super soldiers, like his head split open. Like you saw the psyche split once he said that and after the, the he got his ass beat because that that like he's you first of all, you you alluded to this earlier on, like like maybe episode one or two, episode two, I guess. And you were like, he never he's the type who's probably never came into any challenge really in his life, like a true mm-hmm. challenge. Yeah. Here he quickly got his ass whipped. And these are the same people that he just said pointy sticks to a moment ago. So he's embarrassed amongst other things. Like mm-hmm. these foreigners, non-super soldiers, women. People, at least from the way he was disrespectful to them, he may feel that they are probably beneath him. And through all of this, he's hit an actual wall. Mm-hmm. From perhaps the first time in his life. Yep. And I pointed this out once again. Like People are like, oh, your boy. I'm like, this nigga ain't my boy. I'm just pointing out to y'all the facts of the situation. And I pointed out the facts of the situation from early on. I said that he is not a mediocre white dude. As they said, he's done all these great things. He just ain't fucking Steve Rogers. And who is? You know what I mean? And he's placed in a situation where Steve Rogers would have a problem with the door. You know, he would be in there fighting for his ass against three door. And he's just, a, you know, a regular dude. But that's also why, like, people who say, like, oh... He decided to take that serum. Well, was he already? He was already souped up when he was fighting, um, and Lamar died, right? Yes. Okay. Like, oh, you know, he he decided to go crazy because of Lamar. He was so sad. Like, I think that's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. No, it's just who he is. It's just like Carly. It's the same point. That's why I keep making the same point about the same, you know, coin, same flip sides or the same side, whatever the fuck it is. Doesn't matter. The same person. 
both of these people, you know, are not Steve Rogers. They should not have this serum. Mm. They should not be playing the roles they're playing. Yeah. Um, I I think we need to take a moment to put on some sad music. Mm. Because, and this is going to be a flip for, for a lot of people who have been listening. Wow. man. When it comes to Lamar Battlestar. Wow. Um, first, Carly killed Lamar. Um, and I actually felt really, really bad. I, I feel like, especially this episode, I really started seeing a lot more in the ways of feeling sympathetic for Lamar because he has been trying to be the voice of reason this whole time. Whole time. And really, he like he's generally had been out here seeming like he's just out here trying to function and shit be going bad around him. Like when he was getting tennis ball by the Dora, like every time he gets in the fight, he's getting like he's just in the background, just flying. Like like he's just catching. Cap got to throw his shield left. to save him. Like, he's catching L's left and right, and he's still like, oh, I'm going to help you, John. And the reason why I was always so hard on him was not, not because I had this dislike for him. Like, I don't, I've never disliked him like I dislike John. For Lamar, my problem with him was that to me, he was- It was what, close. No, I never had, I never had a dislike for him. My, my problem, my, I can't, let me use the word hate. Yeah. Because I'm very much on the path to hatred when it comes to, uh, John. to, to John. Yeah. But- I never had that same energy for mm-hmm. Lamar. I, I came at him and we made jokes about his hairline and all sorts of yeah. stuff. But it was, to me, it was more like poking fun at a character that I was mad that he was running behind John. Because I yes. felt like he could be more than just this Negro running behind John and interpreting things for John and go, doing John's bidding and go, oh, don't do that, John. But John ignores him, so he's going to do it anyway. That's what why I disliked about Lamar. John ignored him. John, he's like, John would you take the serum? Yes. Okay. Ben, really? <laughs> he didn't ignore him on the part that he agreed with. But every time Lamar was like, well, I don't know. Let's yeah. think about this. Da, 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 da. It was always, all right. And then he just, and John does what we yeah. want to do. So that was why I had had some dislike for Lamar. It was because I just felt like he was just following behind this dude. And clearly, Lamar, you know better. And you know the way to go. And you're just letting him do things. Like, for example, if you look at the contrast between Bucky and Sam, Forget right or wrong, just just the way that people go about it, like how they they challenge each other, whether it's to to annoyance or otherwise, they still challenge each other and they make themselves think, yo, is this a good idea? Yes, Bucky had done things without people saying it's a good idea, like when he broke out Zemo. But for the most part, they try to have a conversation. They try to listen to each other until they mm-hmm. don't, right? To me, it was just like Lamar was just the sidekick who he was just like, I'm trying to help you, fam. And, and it was just like, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm John. So I just felt like Lamar, I, d- I just didn't like that, that, that following behind type of energy that Lamar was giving. But, mean... to th- but towards that, also towards that point, though, I see why. That's, that, that's, that's his partner. Like you said, they've been in, they, I think they said Afghanistan, they've been doing, doing, doing this. So. Go ahead. You, didn't, you don't like the following behind energy when it's Lamar, but when it's cheekbones. <laughs> I'm talking about Lamar right now. Okay? I know you are because the, the facts are my cheekbones feel, uh, well, over first, here. Well, first of all, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not talking about follower. The, I, I became first of all. Cheekbones just showed up. He been there Look, like four episodes now. He, cheekbones just showed up. Okay. <laughs> he, he been around. Cheekbones, dog. cheekbones just showed up. Okay? He sat he, there he, and watched her blow up a building <laughs> and follow. Why you do that, Carly? But yeah. No, but but. but <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know about that, Carly. Boom. Yeah. Ah, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> but I felt the way that I felt about Lamar. Like, I just felt like because he had, Ooh, he could yes. potentially had a greater purpose than that. Seems like if Lamar had them cheat bones, it would have been a different feeling. No. Cause, and, cause... And, and I will admit that perhaps I feel this way about Lamar is because he's black. Because mm. he's a, and, and, and I, I did, like, I felt weird about him mm-hmm. being a black man following behind Captain Confederate. Understandable. Yeah. So at Seriously. the end of the day, when I really interrogate myself, that's what it was. Like I just didn't like seeing that, nope. and but and that's why I made and really at the, when you look when you listen back to everything I've ever said about him, I was essentially making fun of the man's like you, mm-hmm. how you make fun of somebody on the block. Like I was making fun of him, but I never said I never said words to him like I was saying to John. So when original flavor Captain Confederate was doing laps around a black man, you ain't feel way about that. That's <laughs> not the same. Shut up. But mm. yeah, I, I it's not I, the same. Why? It's, because one's more attractive than the other. Running laps around someone and having playful banter versus someone says, "Hey, yo, don't kill them people over there," and you do it anyway. Like that's he didn't a say thing. no. He never said don't. All right, kill them ben, people. Ben, ben, ben. You know what said, I'm talking about. He I'm actually not, said you know kill them people the over there. No, it's not the Bat- same. You're, no, be, no, you're being weird. It's not the no, same. No, uh, I'm only just pointing out things. And once again, Battlestar is an enabler. I will say that because he said kill them people. He said, John, you're built for this. And perhaps that's also why I had problems with him because he's he's an enabler of anything. Yeah, definitely. He damn sure is. Yeah, he keeps, but I still you know, felt he... bad, and and that's why I said do the sad the sad song because mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear this he, because I've been defending him. He, yeah, but you also talked about his hairline, so let's not act like that I know, can come but from I, you. I actually want to. I actually want to. You know, that I was wrong. I think that's personal because I myself, before I had the locks, I had an afro. It was wild <laughs> and crazy, and I never ever ever. I still to this day, I, you know, I'll get them retwisted. But I ain't touching this. No blades. You know what I mean? Yeah. My well, forehead is big well, enough. The real point is we both said things about him where, I mean, and maybe you were lighter on him than I was, but I still felt bad at this maybe. point. To, to the point, now I felt he was written as a tragic character. <laughs> he was. He was it written was. as a very, like, if you look at every episode he popped up in and how every time John said something wild, he kind of just looked at him like, yeah, yo, well, I yo, guess. He- Son, he gives him the major side eye when Especially this, this episode. episode. Oh Everything my God. John says, he's just like, what? 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 Okay, then... John, get his ass whipped. Okay, John. <laughs> ah. like, but he was written like a tragic character, so I am sorry for laughing at his hairline. And I actually kind of think Lamar deserves a little bit of justice. Mm. On the flip side of things, you can argue he got what was coming to him because wow, he but... was an enabler, because he chose to rock with John, and because also he's a soldier and partnered by choice. So did he mm. know what it was when he signed up? He damn sure did. But like I said, I've been calling for justice for Lamar for a long time now. And glad just to wanted justice it. for his barber, that's all. And I, I wanted justice for him. I, I've been saying all these things. Yes, he's an enabler, but he was also the voice of reason. He's always had a good voice. I liked him as a, I liked the actor playing him. I thought it was great. I loved his little, you know, terrible fist bump with John. So, you know, rest yeah. in peace. You know, play that sad music one last time and let's move on. And Yeah. You know. um, moving on to just really quick about Sam. I'm kind of tired of him talking about he can make calls and clear names and help do this and do that. And what authority? On what authority, fam? I mean, that's just, you know, he's trying to stick up for the little man. I can do this all day. The words yeah. are cool. The words are cute. Yeah. Or would you say the words are pretty or, or, or like, hmm, what can you actually pretty. do? What could Steve actually do? But we believed it when he said it. Steve's a white man. Wow. Wow. And he was Captain America. Sam wow. wasn't. Not yet anyway. Wow. 
Now, perhaps if Sam was Captain America, he took on the mantle and all that stuff, then maybe some 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 stuff could be moved. So but... you would believe the white <laughs> man. The white man. <laughs> the white man over your own brother. <laughs> this is uh... why we can't have unity. <laughs> Uh, I feel bad for her sister Sarah because she keeps getting roped oh, in the shit. Just like man. when she called him, and that and that that whole deal with uh, the the person in Madripoor went bad, and then now Carly calling her, threatening her children, and Carly when, when 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 Sam confronts her, Carly's like, you know, I wasn't gonna do that. Like I was just like, but you you still fam. She Sarah. had to get up and, and move out the crib. She's terrorized. She don't ever you forget that for the rest her. of her life. That a woman a she don't know move. calls her and says, I'm going to kill you and your kids. You never forget that for the rest of your life. You're yeah. scarred. Yeah. Monster. Monster. Yeah, yeah. Man. You Before the show, you made a good point about Bucky, how the timing of things with him. Like, they, that flashback he has with Io, that was six years ago, they say. Yep, which would have been six years. And this takes place in April. So it had been six years ago in April or so. And then, I mean, at the most, it's January. Let's give him a couple months. And then uh, Infinity War, the events of the Wakandan invasion happened in May. So my man had little time. It was it's from war to war to war. War to war to war. And alien war. You know, next minute you're spinning a raccoon around doing pirouettes. You know, like, <laughs> shit, is, shit is all weird life for this wild. man. Yeah, shit's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us down to the final portion, which is our Easter eggs. It's just a couple Woo-hoo. here that uh, we haven't mentioned yet. In the beginning and later, Zemo uses these, these candies that are called Turkish Delight. Want some candy? These are real candies in the real world. They are very expensive, difficult to make. Um, they have different flavoring like bergamot, lime, lemon, things like that. Sometimes they're made with nuts. Like it's a, it's a delicacy. So it makes sense that Zemo has it, right? And he uses it when he first offers it to, I thought it was just, it just happened to be that way. But when he offered it to Bucky and Sam after, while Bucky and Sam were deliberating whether or not to turn him in, <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of a bribe right there in, in, in some ways. But he really actually, Zemo, used it as a bribe. And his way, which was incredibly effective and also uh, very insidious, how he uses it to basically get information out of the children in the refugee camp or the displaced persons camp. He, and it's so creepy how it did it because he was singing a nursery rhyme as he approached children. Then he took out the candy, Zemo, this is all Zemo. He took out the candy and then he had the conversation with the little girl trying to find information about the funeral and where different things were. And the little girl whispered some information into his ear. And he also used that to paint Sam and Bucky as bad guys to try to ensure that the kids wouldn't trust them and give them information. Where, meanwhile, Sam and Bucky are doing what I thought was dumb, which was walking in straight into doors and saying, you know who Donya Madani is? Like, I'm not telling you who my mans is. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, that was... was, That's like like the cops coming here. You know where Ben Amin is? Who is that? (laughs) Yeah. We just watched the podcast. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure who you're referring to. <laughs> I don't know that man. Um, <laughs> what? The reason but, why uh, this is... Yes, the reason these, why these, this is... Uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I don't want to cut you. Go ahead. Yeah, these non-loyal bastard-ass kids over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is the Easter egg moment because... 
Turkish Delight is the same way in the story The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. In Narnia, of all places, where the white witch uses the Turkish Delight on the youngest kid to essentially get him to betray his family and allies and give up the information. As many people pointed out to us, I'm not sure if I've ever had it. I feel like I have, but they say Turkish Delight is ass. Like, people pointed out that. But it's also European, so, you know, different tastes for different people. Yeah, true indeed. Yeah, people might be like over there, ooh, it's popping. Like, I had French cuisine and I did not get it. I mean, the kids was going wild for that. I mean, they they gave up their whole... Like, that's another thing. Like, the Flat Smashers mission cannot be that effective if the kids who are there, you know, give you up for some candy. I'm just saying, maybe you need a better message. Kids don't... Unless Ah, you're sitting there training the kids. My only thing was... I, the one lesson that the kids should should have been a part of the kids is don't take candy from strangers. Well, look. My like, mama taught me that when I was very, very little. And so. Carly says that these corporations are the supremacists earlier in the episode, which bugged me out because this is taking place on a Disney Channel show, which is, you know, wild because Disney is one of the biggest corporations out there. And don't they own the rights to, like, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Narnia, and all that stuff? I'm sure to everything. What they don't, what they don't, they own the rights to. But at the same token... It's like Carly is saying this, but you should learn some lessons from Disney because Disney knows how to get the kids. Like, your message should have got the kids as well because the kids gave you up for nothing. Yikes. Oh, Lord. And (laughs) another Easter egg. When, during the Dora's fight, Nemo, Nemo, Zemo very smartly sneaks into the, the bathroom and locks the door and he yeah. ends up escaping in some hatch that, that's under his bathtub. And when Bucky and Sam run into the room and realize he's gone, Sam yells out, I can't believe he pulled an El Chapo. For those who don't know who El Chapo is, he's just very um, prolific. I don't even know where he is right now, if he's still alive or what, but he was a very prolific drug cartel master, kingpin, whatever term you want to use for him who has been arrested many times, has been has escaped many times. And the similarities here to this episode is uh, back in 2015, especially if you're on Twitter, you know about this, El Chapo escaped through a mile-long tunnel that his associates, that he had his associates built that led from a shack outside to his jail cell. And it was an, inc- an incredibly elaborate plan. There was, there was, there's, there's people who were part of the whole thing who said like there was like a motorcycle that was in the tunnel that he hopped on. Then he went from motorcycle to an ATV that took him to a safe house, like a warehouse. Then someone took him to a plane that he went to several different countries. Like it's just wild. And then to have that parallel to how Zemo just keeps having all of these escape plans and ways to get out of things. And also you need a lot of money to do stuff like that. So there's your parallels. Which uh, Zima also has, and also made El Chapo. Yep, and also made El Chapo canon in the MCU. Um, oh, real quick, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, it, it does. You know, he knows who he is, so obviously El Chapo exists in the MCU. Which also begs the question once again: well, Where are the Avengers? Like nobody wanted to stop his ass from tunneling out. They couldn't send Hawkeye for that one. That seems like a Hawkeye job, you know? Stop El Chapo. He, he's, I mean, he kills Mexican <laughs> cartels. You know, at will, like this is that that seems to be his man's flavor of the day. You know. Anyway, before we get up out of here, there's just a couple things in the credits. I really like how the credit sequence has changed slightly every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond just like the names who appear, so just like little slight changes in the background and things like that. Hence, 
But only the real big thing I picked up from this episode is that Florence Presumba's name translates into Wakandan in the credits, which is a nice little touch right there. Oh, very nice. Oh, it's translated into Wakandan. Like how everyone's name usually it wipes away and there's some information behind it. Yes. Her name wipes away to Wakandan. Oh, okay. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice touch. That ends our- Oh, one last oh, little- okay. Easter... Not ending yet. Go ahead. Yeah. Because one last little Easter egg is the evil head tilt. With oh, yeah. Sam warns um, Bucky about Zemo's head tilting ways, and <laughs> Zemo corrects his head tilt when he realizes that he's doing it while Sam is calling him out for it. Then later on, we see John Walker do the same head tilt <laughs> while he is looking at the Super Soldier Serum, and you might as well play that Kill Bill music over him right there because he was doing full villain. Wanda also did that head tilt in WandaVision when she was looking up at the drone. Yeah. So it seems that the head tilt is Marvel's way of saying, yeah, evil. Something in the milk ain't clean is what that means. So Pretty much. Okay, so that ends our review of oh, episode four of The Falcon. Another one. And The Winter Soldier. Another one in the back. Thank you, everyone who stuck in there and is listening and, and, and arguing with us and deliberating with us and discussing with us. We appreciate you. Definitely shout-outs to the fan fam that are always heavy in the chat on Twitch, twitch.tv slash nerds. Remember, every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, we go live with this show. We are in the chat room with you all as well. Uh, ben I mean usually talks on the For All Nerds handle. I'm under Grand Duchess T because I, I realized a lot of people didn't realize that was me talking, but that's me. Wow. Um, make sure that you are joining. First of all, make sure you're watching because I know it, it hits different when you see us talking. And also it's cool to speak with other people who are listening because they may share your views. You may come up with some new information. Who knows? Just have fun with it. We appreciate you. Be respectful. We appreciate you. Also, make sure you are subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform. You have to subscribe to For All Nerds in order to listen to views from the 616. We are on damn near every single platform imaginable, including iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We all over the place. Make sure you are following us on socials at For All Nerds. Also, if you need to email us for some reason... Maybe you have a question. I don't know. Contact at 4 And thank you, thank you, thank you, because every day we're getting more and more supporters. It is unbelievable, and I love it. Thank you to mm-hmm. everyone who has been hitting us up on the T, uh, excuse me, on the Patreon page. That is our page where if you can support us financially, even if it's like a dollar a month, we don't care. It doesn't matter. There's strength in numbers. Thank you. Patreon.com slash 4 When you're a member of the Patreon, you get special privileges. And also, everyone who's been hitting up that T Public page, that's all of hey. our merch there with our incredible views from the 616 logo, which you can now get on a variety of merchandise, a variety of variants. We even have a version that has a front and then back that has the t- our tagline, the blackest podcast in the MCU on there. And other amazing, as Benjamin mentioned earlier, that inclusion of his revolution, uh, the inclusion is revolution design. We have that storm mohawk design. Like, we have so many incredible things by some incredible people, incredible artists who have been supporting us throughout the years. Thank you so much. Again, tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds. Follow me at Tatiana King. Follow him, DJ Ben Amin, at DJ Ben Amin. What else? Anything? 
Ooh, like I say, just make sure you are following us on twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Thank you to everybody, like you said, who shows up every week and keeps that chat lit as long as you're respectful. We love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and definitely, and I think you, you have to follow if you want to chat with us, but make sure you joining the Twitch and following at the very least. If you can, mm-hmm. subscribe to us as well. And also, if enough people get the chat popping, we always release free subscriptions. So definitely come in through, through and for shout that. Out to everyone who's in the chat giving away subscriptions. Yes! Thank you. All the... Yeah, Carlton all, Matthews, thank you. Yep. And everyone else, there have been some other people gifting subscriptions. And just all the love that's going on in that chat, all the debates. I just love to see it, man, because we started our Twitch. Well, we went heavy on our Twitch like a year ago, and it's just growing every day. And it's been so great to see everybody. I've been doing more DJ sets. We're working on getting Tatiana on there to game. Yes, I'm going to be on there to game. I'm probably... Yes. Oh, in fact, I'm going to start with Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Which is... which is I've just been obsessed with that because it's, it's just a soothing for me. Uh, definitely, thank you to our Uncolored page, our yep. game editor. He has... First of all, make sure you're also subscribed and following our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV, because all of our interviews and reviews and everything that we've done visually is all there, including the gaming reviews by Uncolored Page. He is incredible. He is professional, and he knows what he's talking about. And he also, earlier this week, he did a live stream of Little Nightmares 2. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Shout out to everyone who came through and watched that incredibly scary game that I will never play. But it was cool never. to watch. So again, make sure you are part of the Twitch fam so you can join in in all the fun. And so you can see our beautiful shining faces here every week. Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do the Views from the Six review. Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Fall Nerd Show. There are two episodes left of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we have a Brizake. We need it, but we know that y'all love us. We love being here for y'all, so we're trying to figure out different ways we can keep it going until Loki drops. We were thinking about doing an MCU flashback review, like start with Iron Man and just go through the movies and just talk to our ish. It won't be as deep as dives. You know, we you know, we all <laughs> seen these movies at this point. Yes. We just don't talk mess, you know. Maybe we, we also are contemplating starting our Star Wars podcast because we know that the Bad Batch is dropping in May. And then later on this year, it's just a multitude of things. And, you know, we all end up for all them. So, you know, patreon.com slash for all nerds. That can help us make this decision. <laughs> and just let us know, you know, you know, let us know what y'all want. You know, talk to us. We'll be here on Twitch. We'll be here on the Twitters. Thank you as always. And that's Cosmic Cuba Gooden Jr. signing off again. <laughs> <laughs>